Hello, Grinders, and welcome to the Yahoo Tournament Edition show. I'm your host, Travis Mangone, and uh, I'm joined by uh, a special guest here. We have Boggs Light. Uh, Boggs, how's it going over there, my man? It's going good. Got a nice little Monday slate here, some nice contests, and uh, hope take some tournaments down. Yeah, I, I saw you've had a good baseball season so far, um, uh, so it, it's been pretty good from what I've noticed. Uh, I saw some people talking about it on some other other shows and just saying that you've had a really good season, so congrats on the good season, and I'm sure you're going to bring all the good stuff uh, for the people today, correct? Absolutely. <clears throat> all right, before we do that, I'm going to dive into some uh, promos real quick. Uh, I know you want to get to the baseball, but uh, we got to talk about some stuff on the SharpSide app. Uh, I don't know if you have the SharpSide app downloaded, but it's an awesome app, and we have this thing going on, Boggs. It's, it's the lock bet. And uh, what you do is you head on over there, you download the app, and you swipe on one of the bets, and you just put a lock button on it. And when you lock the play in, you get one lock, uh, and then one, well, basically one lock per day. If you do like a, you know an earlier day, say you do a baseball game, you can lock one in the morning. And then once that game ends, if you win, you can lock it again at night. So uh, we have that lock streak going on. I believe Britt is really high up on the leaderboard right now, so we can't let Britt win. Someone's got to take that thing down over him. So you have until May 2nd, you get a free $1,000 fan duel credit. So uh, that's pretty awesome, guys. We can't let uh, we can't let Britt win. So everyone head on over, jump on the Sharp Side app, make sure Britt doesn't win, and get your locks in now. Uh, Boggs, before we get started on the uh, baseball, do you have a hockey lock for me tonight? I know there's a game the Blues are on. We're probably rooting against Crane because we don't want to see him on Twitter all excited. But uh, give the people the hockey pick tonight. Hey man, it's uh, it's been about as unpredictable as uh, you could imagine for uh, hockey, especially you know playoff time Um, both my teams that I thought were going to the finals are long gone so uh, I'm not the I'm in baseball mode now Uh, definitely my since my ducks aren't aren't in the playoffs this year it's uh, full-on baseball for me yeah no I I get that for sure but uh, that's fine We'll, we'll just head on over we'll dive into the baseball that's what the people want and that's why they're here so let's kind of dive in and talk about it and at the top uh, you know, we're going to go position by position here, Boggs, and we have Justin Verlander. And uh, one thing to note about Verlander, I know you love talking umpires. He has Bill Miller tonight. And, uh, you know, he's the umpire that's uh, the best to have, right? The best in the business for the strikeouts. And against a Minnesota team like this, I think this is a perfect spot for him. So Boggs, uh, are we jamming him in today? Because it feels like a day where jamming in a guy like Verlander is a good idea because the bats are not as much a priority. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's an interesting slate, but you know, fortunately, we have some talented pitching options, unlike some of these slates we've seen, which have just been ugly from a pitching perspective. But yeah, Verlander is a top dog for me. It's really no surprise. I mean, Corbin, he and Corbin are you know really similar to me. They're really close. Uh, but I'm leaning Verlander based on the matchup. Um, I mean, obviously, I like to pick on the Cardinals. They've got some guys that can hit lefties, but uh, it doesn't take me down too much from Corbin. I think that Verlander, it's not the easiest matchup in the world for Verlander either, but um, you know, you know what you're going to get from him. He's might give up a home run or two, but he's got the strikeouts. He can limit the damage. Uh, and really he has you know, probably a longer leash, but you know, you could say the same for Corbin as well, but a guy that you're not, you're not going to worry about like a, a Ma- Maeda who's probably only going to go six innings. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. One thing I wanted to ask you, because some people, you know, kind of have a take on it. Uh, what's your take on playing a pitcher the second time through? Because he saw Minnesota on April 24th, which was just five days ago. Does that ever get you concerned on a pitcher? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of this is Verlander, who's an ace, and it doesn't really worry me so much. But what's your kind of take on that? Because I hear people talk about that around the industry. Sometimes. Uh, I think if he's like a gimmicky pitcher, um, you know, we don't really have any knuckleballers anymore. Uh, but, you know, Verlander, he's got a plethora of pitches in his arsenal that he can go to. Um, so he's uh, still able to keep guys off balance. I mean, I, I don't think it's that big of an issue. And obviously he was fantastic in his last start. Uh, again, it's not the most ideal matchup, but um, he's, he's still, it's not something that's going to, I'm going to, you know, think too much about, um, especially since it's a team with some, some of those hitters, at least that have seen him, you know, a number of times back when he used to play for the Tigers. Yeah. Is our last gimmicky picture, is it already Dickey? Is that the last one I can think of? Uh, what about you? Is that the last one? we? Well, have? I mean, a gimmicky picture, like Mike Fires is a gimmicky picture, you know, just kind of, you know, uses, you know, pitch to change the eye level to set up other pitches. And a lot of pitchers do. And, but I mean, uh, yeah, they're mostly relievers these days in terms of the gimmicky guys. Yeah, pretty much every bullpen's bad in the MLB. So, uh, yeah, the, the bullpens are always fun to attack there. But uh, Verlander's a guy we're just going to plug in. We're going to call it a day. I think he is one of the best guys to play today. But then if we look over here, you know, Patrick Corbin – I don't know, spending on double pitchers today, if you plug him in on Yahoo, you're left with $11 per you know position. And I think we can make that work. It's against a Cardinals team that's pretty righty heavy at times. What are you doing with Corbin? Because I think the double spend on pitcher is certainly viable and seems like maybe the right route to go in cash games, but I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I mean, this is a tournament-centric show. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily a viable strategy. I think you pick one of the two. Uh, because there are some options down there uh, cheaper. Uh, I think Corbin is definitely in play if you want to jam them both in. Uh, again, I don't really have anything bad to say about Corbin. And, you know, I think his ownership will be lower, uh, you know, with so many gravitating towards Verlander. So he's an interesting pivot. But, you know, for me, I just feel so confident about Verlander today that I'm probably not going that route. And there are some offenses that I want to target. There is some value, though. So you could theoretically you know, jam both those guys in. There's still a lot of mid-price guys and hitting in some good spots in the order. But um, I, I'm, I'm more leaning towards, you know, I, I like some offenses that are going to cost me some money and it's going to prevent me from paying up for a guy like Corbin. And like I said, I think that there's a couple options down below him that are viable as SP2s. Yeah, so I'm with you. When I was looking from a tournament perspective, I like a lot of more of the uh, expensive offenses today. But in cash games, I was wondering, is that more of the viable route to spend a bit pitcher? But we're doing tournaments, and uh, I do like some bats today. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's the best day for bats, but I think from a stack perspective, there's a couple stacks that I really feel strong about today. Uh, let's move on over to the next pitcher, and that's Zach Wheeler against Cincinnati. And Wheeler, he had his struggles to start out the year, but you know, if you look the last game out, he had a pretty good game against Philly. And I don't know if it's concerning, but he's thrown over 100 in his past – four games i mean we should be fine right i'm assuming he'll be okay and he'll go for over 100 again seems like a really safe option he's 43 dollars, and maybe you can make a stack work with him too what's your kind of take on wheeler for you know basically ten dollars less than corbin yeah i think that he's definitely the, the, the top option as an sp2 really in all formats tonight um you know it's not an ideal matchup but you know the cincinnati lineup they're really the best hitters really don't necessarily scare me especially in this ballpark they were in pit, if this game would be playing in in Cincinnati, I'd probably have some more concern. Um, 
but yeah, you know, it's, it's a situation where I don't, I don't expect the same, you know, kind of performance that he had in his last outing, obviously. Um, but he's definitely a guy that has turned the corner after struggling throughout most of his career, you know, kind of a breakout year last year. And he's really kind of picked up from that. So that there are strikeouts in, in this Reds lineup, but there's also a lot of, you know, contact guys. Um, but at that same time, it allows you to go deeper into games as long as you're not walking guys left and right. Yep. Agree with you on that. I think the Reds offense is, is a fun one to stack, but I don't know. I don't think that's going to fit our construction as much. And I don't think we have to decide a pitcher right now. I think we can maybe, uh, this is what we'll do Boggs. Uh, we'll go through all the pitchers and then we'll kind of look at the bats and then we'll decide which one to go through. So we don't have to plug one in, but we can kind of, uh, go through and discuss these guys. So uh, instead of me just like naming each one, one by one, who are some of these mid tier ish guys you like, obviously at the top, we talked about like the three main guys. And I think, uh, you know, Wheeler on a site like Vandal specifically is kind of interesting, but we're on Yahoo and I don't know, spending up on two of them is fine. But if we're looking at these tournaments, like Kyle Freeland could be an interesting guy in this pivot. Soraka, he gets a, you know, a Padres team. There's a lot of pitchers to like here. So uh, who are the ones that really jump out at you? Yeah, it's it's Soraka. He's the definitely the guy that, that kind of jumps out to me. You know, it's not the same Padres team that, you know, stream pitchers left and right against, you know, last few years, but there's still strikeouts to be had. Um, he's been pretty damn good this season he's you know obviously has a you know pretty good uh you know track uh, pedigree uh, as a, one of the better prospects for the Braves and I expect him to get some run support so he's definitely a guy that sticks out to me Kenta Maeda I don't really know if he does it for me here tonight he's obviously hasn't been p- pitching well but you know it's just the strikeout upside I don't really see there and obviously he's not going to really you know, I expect him to go deep into the games. I think he's more of a cash game type guy, not someone I really want to maximize potential on for a tournament. Uh, that's, you know, that's really, it's not a whole lot to love. Um, I don't really have much interest in Freeland. Uh, he hasn't been that great. He's obviously coming off, you know, a little bit of an injury and the Milwaukee Brewers lineup, you know, it could be without Yelich, but still there's some guys that can really, hit left-handed pitching really well, even though they've been struggling a bit here recently. So it's really Sorak is the guy that stands out to me. Uh, I don't think it's kind of the same situation though. For $3 more, I try my best to find that $3 and get Wheeler um, as, you know, Verlander and Corbin. But I, I think if, if you need to go down and you need that savings, he's definitely a guy that's in play for me. Yeah, and uh, I definitely like Soraka as well. One thing, uh, and I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, box. Maybe, maybe throughout the show you can kind of figure out what it would be, but uh, we've we got to pick a lock uh, on the sharp side app, right? we got to find one pick that we like, and one that I liked today was Atlanta Moneyline. I was a big fan of them, and I don't know if you can hit the lock button on them because I know there's a rule because uh, of Grant. Grant kept put hitting the under on Billy uh, Hamilton home runs, and he just kept lock buttoning that every day because you know that's never going to happen. Uh, it was kind of funny. So there, there's kind of a rule now. It's got to be like a minus 150 or less. So uh, I know the Braves are hovering around there, but I really like swiping on them, and I'll take them uh, minus one and a half runs. So there you go. That's going to be my lock. Uh, if you got a, you know, a pick throughout the show that you find that you like, Boggs, let us know. Uh, let the people know. And uh, we'll kind of put that uh, put that in there for them. Uh, so think about it. You don't have to do it right now. But um, yeah, Freeland, I get it. Uh, with no Yelts prospecting lineup, that could be helpful too. But it is a scary lineup. And that ballpark is still pretty good. And and I don't really like taking pictures this time of year in Milwaukee. That is something I get a little concerned about. Um, I was looking at cheap pictures today, Boggs, and there was nothing I really liked. Like, I wasn't really getting too excited. 
I, I even dabbled in the idea, is it a Jalen Beeks day uh, with Tampa Bay against Kansas City? Like, And I'm not one that normally does that, but I noticed that as an option you could do. Uh, I saw Tanner Rorix maybe might be getting some ownership, but against the Mets, I don't actually like that too much. I think that's a dumb idea. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but who are your cheaper guys? Because it's not pretty, and I know we both really want bats. Yeah, no, it's definitely slim pickings. Uh, you know, fortunately, I don't think you really have to dabble you know, in, in that super cheap range of pitchers tonight, um, you can make a case for maybe either of the lefties in that tournament, obviously only uh, going against one another in Chicago because there's strikeouts to be had, but the weather in that game, it's obviously not conducive to hitting, but you know, when it's super cold out, it also affects pitching. It affects the way you can grip the ball and you have two young pitchers that may not have an experience pitching in that type of weather. So, if anything, I'm more along on the bats in that game, but definitely they're two inconsistent offenses and one that you can certainly take a picture against. Uh, so I think maybe either of those guys, I think Chirinos is going to be the long reliever from Tampa Bay, uh, but I've been burned uh, already, like I think once or twice, definitely once. Um, and I don't really think Jalen Beeks is that good anyway. So I, I wouldn't be messing around with that situation. Uh, unless you're confident in Torino's. Yeah, I, I don't really know what's going to happen there. Uh, maybe, maybe Cardi on the next show can give us the heads up on that. And I don't think we have to dabble in that idea. I think it's too risky anyways. We're not going to play in a pitcher here, though. We're we're going to go to the positions now and kind of check that out. And then, you know, we'll figure out our pitcher last. Because I kind of think that's the way to go today. Do you agree, like, you don't have to prioritize that second pitcher as much? Maybe prioritize, uh, you know, your favorite pitcher. If it's Verlander, go ahead, prioritize him, and then get in the stack you want. I mean, every slate is different. Is that the route we go today? I think so. Uh, you definitely plug in one of Verlander or Corbin and, you know, build the lineup. Again, there's value all throughout the industry uh, to really make it work. And just really, I think, I guess it's like hope that you don't have to end up on many Buenuelos, but um, that might happen. Uh, you, yeah. you gotta take some risks if you want to load up your, your lineup with bats. I looked at Manny. Uh, it wasn't something I wanted to do, but I understand it. But let's move on over and talk about the catcher position. And so, Boggs, I like the Braves stack today. I like Tyler Flowers. He's really expensive, though. I think that the Braves are going to go off. Do we spend $16 on Flowers or do we look somewhere else? Ah, well, we're going by position by position. Yeah, we'll go position yeah, by position. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's definitely. Uh, the one that stands out at the catching position. Um, I don't necessarily think you have to force him in. Um, I don't think you have to force him in, in part of your stacks. I don't, you know, also, but he's certainly someone that is intriguing because he's batting lower in the lineup and he probably will, will be one of the, maybe the lower owned uh, Braves bats. But in that situation, I prefer to use him as a one-off if I have some money to spend at catcher, but not a whole lot to love at the position really hasn't been, uh, for much of this season, I think it's really flowers or, you know, you could go down to that uh, James McCann between those two. Those are really the only guys that I'm interested in spending up on. Otherwise I'd probably punt the position. Yeah. I mean, James McCann, he's $14 over here. And uh, you know, I don't love catcher 
let's see kind of what we do, obviously, rounding out the roster, right? We, just because we're going position by position, we don't have to jam that in first. But we obviously talked about it, and we can maybe find a value if we like a stack. So we'll skip it for now as well as pitcher and move on to first base because first, it, it's always pretty uh, – maybe not this year it hasn't been good, but for the most part, it's been a pretty solid position. And today it's not too bad, right? We got Abreu at the top, Freddie Freeman. I mean, Pete Alonso has been crushing the ball. That dude's actually been incredible. Uh, your boy Joey Votto, Mr. Choke up on the bat. He's only $15, which is pretty cheap on Yahoo. Too expensive. Um, yeah, seriously, too expensive for two walks. Uh, but um, Mitch Moreland's a guy that catches my eye. I think he could be an intriguing option against Oakland as a value play. But uh, where do you want to go here at first base? Who's the guys you like? Yeah, this is definitely a spot where you know where we want to go in terms of a, a stack because most of these teams, uh, first baseman is, is definitely going to be a part of that stack. Uh, I think if you want to go the Red Sox route, which I have a lot of interest in today. Uh, especially depending on the lineup, uh, we'll have to see about JD. But Moreland is a, gr- a great option as part of that. Um, and then also Freddie Freeman. You know, don't be afraid of a lefty on lefty. He can hit left-handed pitching. He's got great numbers against them as well. So I think that if you wanted to to go ahead and start your Brave stack, uh, Freeman right here at first base is a, is a good place to start. Yeah, I agree with you there. And so someone's asking in chat that we're, we haven't made any strong stands on these other spots, but that's because those positions aren't that good, right? We need to prioritize the good bats. Uh, that, that's how you build out your lineup. So I was trying to tell them in chat there, but uh, yeah, Freddie Freeman's a guy I really like. Uh, are you being on the brave stack or is it just me? I'm on the brave stack, sure. Um, and Freeman against the left team, people won't play that. Uh, I don't know why, but um, yeah, he's definitely should be a part of that uh, stack. So he's definitely a play for me. Um, I don't know how long it'll be, but you know, Aguiar, his price, his minimum price pretty much all across the industry if you're looking for some value. But in terms of my top first baseman, it's it's uh it's gonna be Jose Abreu. Yeah, it's so Aguiar, yeah, he's a guy like if you look at uh you know Yahoo seven dollars, super cheap, he's min price. Fan over there, he's he's min price too, he's cheap everywhere. So have to really like Jesus. Uh, he's a nice little value play, but I don't know. I want to, let's plug in Freddie for now. I think you brought up good points about all these other guys and, and Abreu is another one I like too at the top. Uh, he's a really good option. And like, you know, Goldschmidt against the lefty is always interesting. I know it's Corbin, but uh, you know, Goldschmidt against the lefty is always in play. So it's pretty loaded, but we'll plug in Freeman. It sounds like we both like him. And then we'll move on over to second base. And uh, you know, at the top we have uh, Michael Chavez. He's pretty pricey though. I don't really know, think I want to spend on him. Uh, before we kind of dive in a second, what's your take on the Boston stack today? Because they're not one of my favorite stacks, but are they going to be owned? Are they a team you really want to look to? Yeah, well, they're always owned. It's the Red Sox. And yeah, that's fair. Even when they've been struggling, but I have some interest in them. I'm not necessarily a believer in Frankie Montas. Uh, and obviously, I want J.D. Martinez in the lineup. Not quite sure yet. That lineup isn't out, unless I'm mistaken. Um, but that could potentially make it easier if he isn't in there. And really, the whole lineup as a whole is starting to heat up uh, as they've you know, been struggling early in the season. So it's it's a good time. Obviously, a great ballpark, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of interest in, in the Red Sox stack. Okay, yeah, I was wondering because they're a team that I wasn't kind of clicking on too much. So uh, yeah, just wanted to kind of get your take on that stack. But yeah, second base. I mean, Jose Altuve is a good option. Uh, you know, Albies is another one that we like in our stack. Is someone that we could go to. But um, I don't know. Who do you like at second base? Break it down for me. Yeah, no, I, I like definitely like Alves. He's probably uh, probably my top option. I do like Houston. I do like that stack. Um, I don't necessarily know if it will be uh, sneaky, so to speak. 
uh, and obviously on Yahoo, these guys are super expensive. So you might have to take a stand on some of those guys in, in that uh, Astros lineup. But I like I like Albies a little bit over Altuve. Uh, doesn't mean I don't like Altuve. And really, aside from that, there's there's some there's some value options that I would uh, probably go down to if you're not on either of those you know top two guys. Yeah. So so uh, who are those value options? Because uh, I think there's a lot of them today. Yeah, you got you know a guy in Jose Peraza with a little bit of speed up at the top of the order. Um, again, if that's if you're not playing Zach Wheeler, but he can certainly steal a base. Um, not really interested in either of these second basemen from the Padres, but Peraz is definitely a guy if you're not playing Wheeler. Uh, I think on Yahoo, Hernan Perez might be in the lineup, and Milwaukee's a team I have some interest in. Uh, you'll have to see usually bats around sixth, but he could be higher up due to the lefty in the lineup. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, you could always play, a, you know, again, that game from in Baltimore and Chicago. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably have a game stack for that one, uh, assuming I can afford it. But I've been punting a lot with, you know, Wilkerson. You know, oh, it doesn't look like he's in the lineup today. Ouch. Uh, Hanser Alberto is minimum price. I mean, again, these guys are hittable pitchers out there in that game, and uh, it's a position that I'd probably look to punt to. Uh, but I'm a little bit bummed that Wilkerson's not in the lineup. Yeah, I was going to say, Wilkerson was supposed to be like this big value today. So that, that kind of throws a wrench into some things. Uh, we do have a QQ in chat, though, from a loyal listener, uh, Dean78904. He says, who is more likely to circle the wagons today, Boggs? Uh, Jesus Aguiar or Brandon Nemo? Uh, I'm going with Aguiar. I can't. It's, it's, it's tough watching that guy struggle. And he's definitely, it is a premium position. But if one be one of your stacks, he's definitely fine to use as a one-off. Yeah, it seems like a good spot for me and Selefty to, to bring that thing back. So uh, circle the wagons, Jesus, uh, get that thing moving. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's plug in Ozzy Albies. I, I like him a ton. I think he's, you know, we're obviously on the race stack. I think it's good, but uh, there's a ton of different routes that you can go here today. So uh, yeah, let's move on over. We'll go over to third base. And uh, at the top, I mean, Matt Chapman against the lefty and Eduardo Rodriguez, that's always kind of intriguing. And I think the Oakland stack is a little bit sneaky today against Rodriguez, mainly because if you kind of, think about Rodriguez right when he blows up it's a disaster right Mm -hmm. and if you're going to tell me the A's are kind of low owned and like I saw on DraftKings Chris Davis with a K he's only 4,300 I thought there were some decent prices on some of these guys and again like I don't know I like some stacks today but I think with so much blow up potential with Rodriguez and not like just these absolute amazing gas cans to attack left and right I think this A stack is kind of sneaky in tournaments what do you yeah it is um you know I guess the only thing for me is that you know, Rodriguez, I mean, the numbers aren't great, uh, but he's been pitching better recently. And he's put together, strung together, you know, a couple of just decent starts. He's not, hasn't been that kind of boomer bust, you know, Robbie Ray that we're so used to seeing, um, at least last year. Um, I still hate watching the guy pitch. I, I just don't do it uh, because he just, he's out there and he gets into these so many like deep counts and he's, he labors at times. Um, but, you know, the walks being down is definitely a plus. Uh, so, and he, look, I think he's been the most consistent Red Sox pitcher this season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it seems like he's may have turned the page, but at the same time, um, it, he's definitely, we know what, we, what, what he's capable of in terms of getting blown up. So I have a little bit of interest in Oakland. I'm probably not going to crack like my top five of stacks right now, 
but I might need to reevaluate re it because Oakland, just like Rodriguez, is, is a really boomer bust team. They can hit bombs like, with the best of them. Uh, so they're a great team to stack up for tournaments. Yeah, I always look at, uh, you know, Rodriguez. I try to see what his umpire is going to be because that, that can always be the difference for him. He can have a walk issue and he can just have that big, like, 35 pitch in and turn into a total disaster. But, uh, yeah, Chapman, I think, is an interesting, like, you know, contrarian option at the top. Uh, you know, I saw Cheese tagged Alex Bregman as one of his guys today, and I think this Houston sack is really awesome against Odorizzi. Uh, whenever we get them against, like, a fly ball righty, that's when I like playing the Astros a ton. The one thing I wish we had is the stolen base upside. I believe uh, Odorizzi is not really a guy that struggles with stolen bases, if I'm correct, Boggs. I don't know get our holding runners on. Yeah, yeah. So that's not one thing that'll, that'll help us there on that. But either way, I think it's it's still a really great spot for Astros. And there's a ton of upside in that, you know, that Minnesota stadium. It's good for righty power. Uh, I like Bregman at the top. I think he's good. But I also like Donaldson against the lefty. Again, this uh, third base position is pretty loaded tonight, Boggs. Uh, break it down for me. What do you like at the top, the bottom, and uh, who are some of your favorites? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Donaldson is part of Brave Stacks, uh, depending on the Red Sox line it. Uh, Devers. Still a little bit too cheap, uh, along with most of those guys. Uh, Bregman is definitely in play. Uh, he'd probably be the, my top option to, to pay up for totally. Um, and then don't sleep on, you know, the Rockies. Arenado story. Uh, they get Murphy back, and it's, you know, suddenly a lineup that, you know, is pretty formidable. Um, so if you – I think one guy that kind of just under the radar um, – Obviously, where he's batting in the lineup may change that, but Howie Kendrick's really been swinging the bat well. And he's a guy, you know, righty on righty that can definitely do some damage off Waka because he can sit back on, you know, Waka's changeup and secondary pitches and, and hit the ball to, to the opposite field. It's glad to see him. I'm just glad to see him healthy and really swinging the bat well this season. Yeah, uh, that's that's a pretty good point. Uh, also, some other names, like if you look at Yahoo Boggs and some of the prices, like if I told you, you know, Manny Machado, Rafael Devers, Matt Carpenter, Justin Turner, and Travis Shaw were all cheaper than, you know, Eugenio Suarez, Kevin Gutierrez, and Howie Kendrick, you'd call me crazy, right? Like these guys are really cheap over on Yahoo as value plays. Uh, you know, Machado again, $13. Devers is 12. Carpenter is 12. I know obviously some of these matchups aren't the greatest, but uh, I do think it's interesting. And again, like the ballpark, right? Justin Turner, he, he doesn't have the best ballpark, but he can in and out of any park. So uh, it's really interesting to see some value here at the third base position with all of these big names uh, down here. Any, uh, any other options, uh, some cheap guys, any interest in Marvin Gonzalez, if you're going with the uh, twin stack, I don't think so. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I'm not going to mess around with that. Again, like I said, I think Arenado, might go a little bit overlooked. Um, again, Howie Kendrick is really kind of my uh, maybe under the radar type of play, but there's a lot to love with this position today and definitely one that I want to prioritize. Yeah, and if you look at third base, I just think like the breakdown of the position, while I'm kind of talking about these cheap guys besides Carpenter, like anything below Shaw, it's just so ugly down here. I think it's like a position where you need to be spending your dollars, right? Like you definitely make sure you prioritize getting a good third baseman in today. Sometimes there's positions where there's so many good third basemen. If you don't get a home run from it, you're probably in trouble. Um, do we want to throw Donaldson in there? Or do we want to kind of maybe get a mini stack going with Bregman or one of these other guys? What do you think? Well, I don't know if we'll be able to do that and still afford Verlander. So, you know, as of right now, I think, we, you know, if we're going to build a brave stack, we definitely want Donaldson in there. 
All right, let's throw Donaldson in there. And we got $14 per position left. So oh, that second starting pitcher could be ugly. It looks like we might be punting catcher once we get down to it. Uh, but we'll kind of see how it breaks down. And again, like thinking about like us building this Braves stack, if you're building along with us and you like the Braves, you know, paying up for Tyler Flowers, maybe it could be contrarian in a way if you're playing like Verlander and Flowers because people might not want to pay that much for a catcher. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what everyone's thinking on that, but it, sometimes it can be tough and we'll see as we build along. Let's move on over to the shortstop position. And uh, as we got Tim Anderson, who's been bat flipping on the weekend. I don't know what your take is on the bat flip, but Anderson, but I thought that was pretty fun and awesome to see. I don't know if you think it's Bush league, but it was uh, good times. Uh, shortstop Correa though. He's probably my favorite guy. Again, I don't think we make this Astro stack work, but it's definitely one I like. Uh, what are you doing at this position? Yeah, it's uh you know, it's, it's, it's one where again, there's a lot, a lot of different ways you can go. Um, you know, Swanson has been somewhat turned the page uh, this season. Um, obviously, no longer hitting eighth and really struggling, to, you know, offense all around. Uh, he's a little bit interesting. But again, I think the bottom of that, that Atlanta order is, you know, one that I'm going to take one offs from or, you know, potentially, you know, double stack, say, like with a team like the Astros. Um, so really, I don't know if he'd be making it into my Brave stack. Uh, primary brave stack uh but again i, I don't Korea is certainly a fine play but don't sleep on story it's a good ballpark for for the for the rockies and they've been on the road for quite some time um yeah that's not really it though it's really another one of these positions where you know it's either part of your stack or i think i'm probably going to be finding some value from yeah, I think that makes sense. Looking for some value there isn't bad. Like, I do like Dansby Swanson. I think he's someone from the uh, Braves we could go to, but I don't think that's going to really work for us here. And I think it's a good spot to maybe save, but oh, it's ugly down here, Boggs. Uh, I mean, you're, I think you talked about RCL a little bit earlier at maybe getting him second base eligible. I don't know, though. Do you have any ideas of what you want to plug in here for cheap? I mean, uh, it's ugly. Seeger is $14, but that's not really cheap. Uh, it's a punt, and it'd probably be Brandon Crawford, really throughout yeah. the industry. I mean, uh, we lost some value from from uh, from the Baltimore, uh, but you could also punt, you know, with, with uh, the kid batting ninth, Richie Martin. Uh, he's more of a defensive guy, but he's I'd certainly take a stab on him than you know the Adrianza and the Glaciuses of the world. Uh, yeah, so let's go with Brandon Crawford. I actually like that idea. That's fine. I'm a Brandon Crawford fan too. Uh, you know, he always is like a cheap DFS option uh, that always kind of feels like comes through for me. So whenever, you know, you have those guys in DFS box when you roster it, it just feels like it's a good time because it's worked out in the past. And that's how Brandon Crawford's felt for me. So I'm cool with doing that. Let's head on over to the outfield because outfield's loaded as, as usual. You know, Springer at the top, Lacuna's at the top. You know, Chris Davis, he's up here. He's a really good play always against the lefty. I mean, you have J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts at $19 on Yahoo, and, and they're cheaper than Steven Biscotti, Juan Soto, Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson. I mean, and this is Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez. I mean, these are some great plays that should get some ownership. So, uh, yeah, I think the outfield is really loaded. Uh, break it down for me what you're doing. Yeah, there's really nowhere where you can go wrong. Um it's definitely another one of these positions where you want to prioritize, but you can also, you know, save one of those spots for a value back. Um, if we're talking a brave stack, you obviously start with Acuna. You don't have to always play Marquecas, um, but he's a guy that will oftentimes be left off of stacks. Um, and when he's not, and the price doesn't prohibit 
uh, playing him. He's someone that I'm, I, I always have a little bit of interest in just because he's a good hitter. Uh, not the flashiest guy in the world, but uh, where he's cheap, like he is, he's someone I would throw in on a brave stack because you always got to think, okay, yeah, if your brave stack's going off and they, they run the kid more vicious, uh, they're probably going to face a, you know, mop-up reliever is probably right-handed on on uh, the Braves, or I'm sorry, on the, the Padres. So Marquecas is someone that you'd want in, in there uh, as part of that uh, scenario. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And he's kind of cheap as well. I like p- taking Marquecas against lefties too. Like whenever I build a Brave stack against a lefty, I love doing it. So I think he's a perfectly fine option uh, for sure. Uh, I, was, I was talking with Chad a little bit, so I missed some of the stuff that you said um who uh who are some of the cheaper values i don't know if you talked about the guys at the top are there any values there like i'm just looking through right now nemo he's 14 dollars. he seems like a really good option today uh you know i definitely would consider him ryan braun at 13 dollars. he's someone that definitely is worth giving a good look at i mean there's some pretty good options on here robbie grossman he should be towards the top of the order uh john camargo in our brave stack we can kind of consider him a little bit uh who are some of the value plays that are maybe catching you yeah your boy camargo i don't think he cracked the lineup but um that's all right uh yeah, I mean, for, first of all, just like on a price per dollar, I think that Mookie Betts is probably the top overall play. Um, whether we could jam him in on this Brave Sacks, another story, but he's definitely someone I have a lot of interest in. A uh, couple guys at the bottom of the order uh, for the White Sox. Um, I, I don't play Adam Engel generally ever, but the, the kid Cordell, um, you know, I was watching that series between these two teams. He's got a nice little swing. I like his approach at the plate. He's obviously been rewarded with regular playing time. I don't know if he's really done anything the last couple of days, but uh, just wanted to point out that I really like his approach at the plate. And at minimum price, he's someone I definitely have a lot of interest in punting with. No, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly fine. He's definitely an option that you can go to there. Um, so, yeah, we have $16 per position, and we put Marquegas in there. We have, you know, five Braves. That's enough. Let's figure out our pitcher because, uh, yeah, it's kind of nasty down here. And let me hide the players that aren't pitching and just get the only ones that are. And if we plugged in, let's say we plug in Rourke, who's $33. Then we're left with 11 per position, which we could easily make work, but we don't really have any spin-ups in the outfield. Um, I mean, your boy Manny had discussed a little bit. Um, he's $30. You could plug him in. Again, like, I guess break down these, like, cheaper pitchers. Who are the ones you'd want to look to? Because uh, I'll rattle them off. I don't know if you Yahoo in front of you, but – the below forty dollars, you got it below you, or you got it yeah. in front of you. All yeah. Right, what, do you, what do you want to do? I think, you know, uh, probably at this point, if we could get Rodriguez in there, maybe uh, because obviously he's got the strikeout upside. This is a tournament lineup, uh, and I, you know, even hate to say it, but I feel more confident playing him than you know uh, a pitcher in Banuelos who we don't even know how how long he's he's, he's how much run he's going to get. Um, if we don't have any Astros, you mentioned the good umpire that works both ways. doesn't just work in Verlander's flavor. Uh, I generally don't take pitchers against Houston. Um, but again, I, you know, Waka coming off injury, not, not a fan of Brad Keller. Um, but he's definitely got to probably get that ownership because of the numbers. Um, yeah, it'd probably be one of these White Sox pitchers if that's, if we can't afford, uh, Soraka. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get you more umpire data because I looked earlier and it's not always uh, updated right away. So here we go. Um, 
give the people a little bit of peek on the premium. Verlander, he's got an extreme pitcher. He's got Corbin with the extreme pitchers up. Uh, your boy Soraka, he he's got a pitcher's up, so that that plays pretty good in his favor. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, so we can see if we can throw him in there. He, he's kind of pricey on this site, though. Uh, Forty dollars would be tough to make work. Um, what were we saying? The uh, White Sox pitcher want to go with Manny, maybe? Mm, I would. I'd probably go the other flip side. Um, I don't know if we've got a couple White Sox hitters, but I'd probably go with John John Means. But again, I don't really want to play those pitchers in, in, in the pitching in the pitching environments. Obviously, a band box out there in Chicago, but it's also really cold, and I don't like don't like it for hitting. Um, but I also don't like it for pitching. Right, so you want you're, you're saying Means, or you want to go Manny? Which one were you thinking? Uh, if if I had to pick, I'd probably be Means, just because the White Sox they can strike out. Yeah, see, you can just find, you can just go four dollars up to Soraka then. I think that's worth it. We'll 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 punt catcher here, and then we'll uh, we'll make another build or a different kind of build uh, after that. So we'll punt the catcher position. Um, do we, do you have a catcher punt on Yahoo that you think is a really good play or more of a value? Because we're not. I don't think we're getting Flowers or McCann. We both think they're great plays. We both think they're guys you can consider in your lineups. But uh, who's the value catcher? I guess you can go to. Uh, I mean, it's Severino. Yeah. That's fine. We, we, we can go with that. Uh, we're not pitching against our, we're not taking against our pitcher. So that's perfectly fine. And I don't hate doing that if you want in a tournament, if it gets ugly and it's just a salary saver. And then we got $9. You mentioned some of the cheap outfielders. Uh, who's the cheapest one you'd want to go to? We got $7. So we can play basically go between like $7 and like $12. Yeah. So uh, I like the kid, Ryan Cordell. I don't know if you already threw him in there. Uh, no, I hadn't. Uh, how do you spell it again? Uh, C O R. Yeah, I see it. Okay. Perfect. There you go, Cordell. I typed in Ryan and it didn't chop, pop up. I must have mistyped. Uh, so yeah, we got him in there, and then uh, we get twelve dollars, right? Uh, that's that's pretty solid. You get on uh, Hunter Renfro, Framel Ramirez. I don't want Kepler. Um, Robbie Grossman's not a bad value. That feels like more of a cash play, though. Um, we got Camargo. I think we can throw him in there. That sounds like a good idea, right? With another Brave. Yeah. Well, he's not in the lineup. Oh, he's not. Okay, never mind then. I thought there'd be a chance he'd maybe slide in there. Um, you go Joey Rickard. Is he up there? I don't think I'd want to. I hate playing him. Yeah, he's – I don't like playing him much either. I, yeah, we got, what, 12 bucks? Yeah, $12. It's not pretty. I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, it'd probably be Puig. Either yeah. that or Jose Jose Ramirez – or, I'm sorry, Martinez. Um, you know, the Sunday Days bats are a little bit more expensive, um, but you could pick as a one-off one of those guys. I know we don't have a – can't afford it for this lineup on Yahoo, but you know, a pinder, uh, these are guys I like to use as one offs as well. Yeah, one more thing you can do like, we could get off Severino and we could go with seven dollar catcher, whichever one we just think is fine. Uh, and you know, from there, you can just go up to Ryan Braun, right? Who at thirteen dollars seems yeah. like a really good one off option here. Yeah, um, I like Freeland and I, I could see like a, one or two guys getting a hold of him, and Ryan Braun's certainly one of them. So that's another route you can go. There's tons of different ways to go here, guys, on Yahoo. We're going to uh, clear this lineup out now. We'll do a different team. How's that sound? Uh, different kind of build. So before we do that, Boggs, I'll just give you the floor to like kind of break down like your favorite stacks of the day, who you're really, uh, you know, trying to target. Uh, let, let the people know what your uh, approach is. Yeah, well, I do like the Braves. Um, I like the Red Sox. I like Houston. Um, I like Milwaukee a little bit. And um, I actually like that game, but it's going to be tough to, to, to really kind of get both shares of that game. Um and then I think, you know, the game that uh, well, I'm going to probably game stack and then 
hope nothing else happens otherwise is that game in Chicago. I think it's one that's definitely got boomer bust potential. Yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. And you know what we can do with that team? We, we might be able to get some like two really expensive pitchers, which could be kind of cool. So uh, let's kind of do that. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to pull up the lineup now. I don't know if we have both lineups yet. We should. Let's see here. I just refreshed the Rotogrounders lineup page to see what we have. And yeah, we have both lineups. I got it on my second screen. So you talked about Jose Abreu. He sounds like a guy we just want to plug in, right? Uh, we'll put him in at first base. Seems like a really good option. Um, McCann's another one that we discussed. I mean, it'd either be McCann or I guess we would go, um, you know, Severino. I guess you could go him as well if we need value. But um, if you're doing this game stack box, who are you prioritizing? Uh, it would be Abreu, uh, Tim Anderson, and, and McCann. Makata... He doesn't always do it for me, and he's really expensive, really industry-wide. I mean, definitely someone, you know, we talked about Marcakis, um, about, you know, what happens when the, the pitcher that you're stacking against, you know, comes out. Um, so I definitely want Moncada, but, you know, I said this, I don't think he can hit left-handed pitching for shit. So uh, it would really be that two, three, four, and then, you know, I, I look to the, to, the, to the Orioles side of things, and there's some value there. Uh, that's that's where I get most of the value. Okay, so perfect. Let's let's kind of do that then. Uh, so I guess the only problem is, oh no, VR, we can plug him in. He's not value though. Uh, but I mean, we will still have to throw him in, right? He's a quarter. So I'd, I'd go with Alberto. We're gonna get some. We're paying up for pitching. Okay, give me. Yeah, let me see. Alberto, hold on. Yeah, you're right. We can plug him in. He's seven dollars. And where is he in the lineup? Uh, all right, he's fifth. That's perfect. We, we can plug him in there and call it a day. Um, let's see, third base now. And I, you know what I can do? I can probably just click at the top and click the uh, click the game. And then we, we only have, can sort by uh, that game stack alone. Uh, where is it? Perfect. Okay, now I just got those guys. Let's see, third base. Moncada or Ruiz? Uh, yeah, that's tough. Uh, but Because it's lefty-lefty Ruiz. Like, And I know you don't like playing Moncada, but... There is value there, right? And if you think, let's just say we think uh, Manny is going to get kicked out of the game. We're playing him because of value. We did talk about how third base is really good, though. Um, I, I don't know. What do you want to do with this situation? Because I think this is tricky. Oh, okay. Box froze. I guess it's just me now, then. So uh, I'll... Uh, I'll work through this, I guess, this stack with you guys. Uh, if you have questions, uh, fire them in chat. Uh, I'll just kind of, uh, you know, answer some questions for you guys. And I'm sure Boz will be back here pretty soon. But kind of the point I was making about this stack, right? If you look at Ruiz, first of all, we talked about third base. We think it's a really good position. And I don't know if, like, taking a value play uh, is necessarily the right idea because I think someone's going to maybe go off there. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I would just take a one-off. I don't know how I would approach it. I'm trying to think it through because Makata, again, I know he's a pricier guy and he's a solid bat, but I kind of agreed with Boggs' take on uh, him in this game. But let's just throw Makata in because I guess it makes more sense because I really don't like taking a value at the third base position today. Let's move on over and go to the outfield now and see who we'd like to play. I'm looking at the starting lineup. You know, I talked about Joey Rickard. He's a nice value though, so maybe we have to kind of give him a look. We got Dwight Smith. I mean, he is batting in the cleanup spot, and Buck says he liked the Orioles a little bit as a game stack opportunity. So throwing him in there is kind of an interesting route. So uh, Dwight Smith is an option that we can maybe look to go to here. So I'm going to plug him in and see kind of what happens there. Um, let's see what we'll do next. I Outfield position, 
I really like Lori Garcia normally, and Lori has a decent price at $14. Again, we're kind of running out of salary, so we might have to go down to Pedro Severino instead. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of have to see what we're going to end up doing there. Uh, Devin, do we have any update on Boggs? Is he coming in here? All right, Boggs. I told you, man, it's raining out here. Uh, We don't have an infrastructure to support that. No worries, Boggs. Uh, glad to have you back. I was kind of talking about Moncada and Rio and what we want to do there because I talked about how third base we want to spend up, but um, do we want to spend on Moncada? So uh, what are you kind of thinking we do here? It, it's really going to come down to how much are we pr- trying to prioritize pitching on the slate. Um, I think Moncada is clearly the better play for obvious reasons. Um, and since there's no other like punt option from an, another game that I have a whole lot of interest in, it's really – you know, what do you want to do? Because we're not going to probably be able to afford uh, the, the top pitching options that we want. Yeah, this, this is tough. I put Moncada in, but then, like, as I was building it and talking to myself, I was like, man, I have no money left. Like, this is a disaster. Um, oh, I don't know what to do. We'll, we'll plug a reason just because we need uh, some type of value in order to make this all work. Um, and then outfield, I want to put Lori in, right? But I don't know. I thought of the idea of we put in Lori and then we take out McCann and go Severino, but I guess we just plug in Joey Ricard at, or Cordell and maybe both of them and then see what we get. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and if we do that, we land on we land on Soraka perfectly. So um, we don't get like the ultimate spend up, and and that's putting in Ruiz, right? I don't have like the wiggle mm-hmm. room to go to. Um, what's it called uh to go to uh you know down to ruiz and then up to corbin so yeah we plug sorak in it seems like that's the build we keep landing on let me x this out we got seven minutes guys uh throwing qqs we're definitely down to uh you know take those so throw them in there we'll answer those and as we're answering the qqs box maybe we'll we'll build a verlander corbin stack right if we can kind of find some value and if you think of value plays like cordell is one guy that you like we'll plug him in now and get him in there as a value option and we'll plug, plug severino in there too that way it's kind of starting to build itself out if you put those two in bogs you got 12 dollars for per position but uh we got youtube questions now and we'll field those for the next uh seven minutes or so and try and build this out um will the chicago white Sox be a good stack today <laughs> they they're boomer bust team it's an inconsistent offense but i i'm leaning towards yes i'm hoping so at least Yep, uh, I agree with you on there. I think they're uh, definitely an interesting option. Uh, QQ, Ian Desmond tonight. Yeah, I mean, on Yahoo, he's uh, cheap. He's pretty cheap industry-wide. Um, he's a guy that, you know, poor guy. You'd think he goes to Colorado, really continue it, but um, struggled. Uh, but at the same time, he's a minimum, minimum price on, on Yahoo um, and certainly has better tracker record than my boy Cordell. Yep. Uh, QQ, is it stupid not to stack in GPPs? What's kind of your take on that? Uh, just in general, give like a strategy breakdown. Uh, I typically do, uh, but you know, there's different ways you can differentiate. You don't always have to double stack. Um, you know, you could take bits and pieces. Um, but in general, you know, I, I do prefer to stack because you know, that's how you know, guys walk a bunch of guys and you hit a bomb and then games go out of hand um games go back and forth so i i, I prefer stacking you certainly you know, uh, you know you're smarter than i am hang on uh, you probably have a better answer to this than me i i don't know so i i talked with dean about this i actually asked him once to ask you this question on a show because he was asking me a term because i said well you're with box ask him he'll know this and he didn't word it exactly right but basically he said to me once 
uh, Dean kind of gave me the uh, idea. He was like, can I just play? Like, it was a slate that was loaded with, like, the Yankees bats, the Boston bats. He was like, can I just play JD, Judge, like, one of each, right? And just play all the power bats and call it a day. And I was like, but you're limiting your upside in a way, right? But he's like, well, I'm instantly contrarian, right? One, people aren't doing it. And I think this makes more sense in single entry contests. Like, the 150, it's kind of tough. But I was thinking, like, single entry, three entry max, it might be more of a interesting strategy. I don't know if you kind of agree with that. Yeah, I think I think so. And, you know, because, you know, a lot of times people will play, like, a cash, cash game lineup in a single entry contest. And that's when I used to play cash games. That's – I would – especially on a full slate. I mean, this isn't a full slate, but I would try and get exposure, you know, from all over the place. I didn't prioritize stacking like I do for tournaments, but I agree with you. It, I don't say it necessarily you're limiting your risk, but you're increasing, you're not limiting your upside, but you're increasing your risk because baseball is a game where, you know, you got a 75% failure rate. Um, and that's if you're good. Um, you know, 66. I don't know. Again, I'm not a numbers person, but uh, it's tough to just get those one off plays, but it can be done. I think the, the time it might work. And hey, maybe tonight could be the night, but you have two like absolute stud aces that you have to pay up for. Uh, so you got to find the cheap value. Like when it's a Verland or uh, Scherzer, you know, when they're in great spots, those are the days that maybe stacking isn't so much a priority, but at the same time, pitching so volatile that it's it's a scenario that i just i love to stack in tournaments yeah i've noticed from my experience because i play one lineup and i play cash mainly that's kind of how i roll and i noticed obviously i don't crush the tournaments as much when i do that and uh, the thing i've noticed is whenever i play like a high price pitcher and he's in a really great spot that's when i have my highest tournament finishes because like if i can get like the the homer here and the homer there it kind of starts vaulting me towards the top and as long as there's not this team that hits 15 runs uh i'm okay i can kind of survive it so that's kind of how i uh, have you know noticed it throughout uh qq garcia at shortstop on yahoo what's your take on him uh greg garcia uh i mean he's a pinch hitter um you know, I, there's been a couple times where I wanted to play him, and I hope he just get the start in bat eighth early in the year. Uh, that was more on DraftKings when the, the the pricing was just really tough. But um, uh, you, I'm not gonna. I would talk anyone off of it, but um, I'd just say you know your know your upside is limited there. Yeah, definitely can worry about that. Here's a good one: uh, Oakland or Atlanta stack. If you had to choose one uh, from the YouTube chat, what do you think in there? I, I kind of lean Atlanta, but like I don't know if they're going to be chalky or not. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not quite sure about the ownership either tonight. Um, but I, obviously, I, I like Atlanta. Haven't really fallen on Oakland yet. Uh, that might change here because uh, you know I think you brought up a good point that they could go potentially overlooked, but. Um, yeah, it definitely be Atlanta over Oakland for me. Yeah, I also got excited about Chris Davis's price. Like, let's see what it is on Yahoo. I just remembered seeing it on uh, on DK. Yeah, he's twenty dollars over there. So, uh, but like uh, DK was forty three hundred, and I was just like, that's that's too cheap for Chris Davis. A good one off too, right? If you're building, uh, you know, a five man stack, you do a one off. That's a good guy to obviously put in there. Um, will you play Houston and Minnesota? Uh, what what are you kind of doing with those guys? Uh, I'll, I'll play Houston. Uh, I, I mean, sure, Verlander can give a bomb. But I, I just I don't like taking pit, uh, I don't like stacking against good pitchers. Yeah, uh, can you Matt Adams or James McCann? Uh, James McCann for me. What about you? Yeah, um, yeah, especially since 
I mean, I think the 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 real kind of one B one would be Ag Aguiar versus Matt Adams. I think they're both minimum price um, on Yahoo, and in that situation, I would I I still might lean towards Aguiar because while they're both candidate to get pinch hit for Adams, that usually happens more often. Defensive replacement. Okay, Bob. So here's a, here's our last question. And I kind of have this question too. I started out the day and I said to myself, okay, I think I'm going to go Wheeler. I, I was thinking uh, as like my main uh, SP, at least on one pitcher sites. And they're asking, is Wheeler going to have a good game? Uh, and I guess I'm going to also add my question in there. Is it Wheeler on a one pitcher site or do you have to just go up the Verlander? Like specifically Fandle, he's really, he's 8,600. He's a lot cheaper over there. And that's why I ask. You know, he's a lot more expensive than he was the other day. Um, look, uh, yeah, it, if you want to prioritize the bats in your lineup, then playing Wheeler as as your top option, you're going to find if you go through and make. I haven't really gotten to making a bunch of teams, but I'm not going to be able to afford a Berlin. I'm not going to be able to afford Corbin at times. Um, going down to, to Wheeler is just fine. Is he going to have a good game? Uh, I'm not the one to, to predict pitching uh, success. I'm more in the hitting side of things. I, I can tell you when a guy is not doesn't have it as a pitcher. But um, there's just uh, a lot to go in, and I think he, I think he is in a good spot to have a, a decent game, but definitely not one uh, with the 12 strikeouts or whatever he had last game. Well, you know who's had good, you know who has a good pitching success. It's Derek Hardy in the bat, who's on the next show. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then we got this guy, uh, Dean seven eight nine zero four. You know, usual man that's around. He's not the, he's not a premium guy. He's he's the free guy. So uh, you know, enjoy Dean. He should have a good time there. But uh, one last thing before we get out of here, guys. Uh, Stevie has his NASCAR package. I don't know if you dabble in NASCAR vlogs. You don't seem like a NASCAR guy. Uh, I watch NASCAR. I haven't really figured it out from a DFS perspective yet. Well, listen, uh, you know, hop in Stevie's NASCAR package. It's a discount this week. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, uh, NASCAR feels like a great game theory sport from what I've noticed. It seems like it's great for tournaments, uh, really top-heavy prize structures. Head on over, check out Stevie's NASCAR package. It should be absolutely awesome. And Devin thought I wasn't going to get that in, Devin, but I waited to the end. I got the NASCAR in, so there you go. Uh, but we got to get on out of here. Thanks a lot for joining me here, Boggs. Uh, any final thoughts on the slate? No, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, find the value bats and for me pay up for pitching yep works for me make sure swipe right on the braves tonight like them uh you got you got a bet box or you didn't you didn't think of one throughout the i think that's a fine one i'll go with that one with you all right uh piggyback with me we'll go braves i think they're gonna uh win today so swipe right on that thanks a lot for joining us guys for me travis mangone and for bogs light we are out of here What's going on guys? Derek Hardy here and I am so excited that Major League Baseball is back in our lives. Not only that, but the bat, my DFS MLB projection system, is back at Roto-Grinders and I am really excited to bring it to you guys. You may have heard about the bat from any number of the hardcore users that talk about it on social media. Uh, you may have seen the season-long version at Fangraphs this past year. It was actually found to be the most accurate projection system in fantasy baseball last year. Uh, previous studies have shown it to be more accurate than Vegas, and the system itself is very, very sophisticated. Before I was a DFS guy, I was a season-long fantasy player managing the fantasy sections for Baseball Prospectus and the Hardball Times. 
which you might know as two of the premier sabermetric destinations on the web. Uh, in my time there, I worked with some of the best sabermetric minds around. Many of these guys are now making decisions for major league clubs, including the 2017 World Series champion Houston Astros. After that, I moved on to DFS. Um, you may have seen me at ESPN.com, on Baseball Tonight, on SportsCenter, uh, or here at Roto-Grinders. Uh, the bat, though, using this sabermetric methodology, I've developed for close to 10 years now and well over 10,000 hours. It accounts for all of the relevant uh, things that impact player performance on a daily basis. The opposing hitter and pitcher, the bullpen, the ballpark, the umpire, uh, things like catcher pitch framing and exact defensive alignments and weather factors like temperature and humidity and wind. All these things give you an edge in DFS, and it's why I'm excited to bring the bat back to you guys here at Roto-Grinders for another season. Today, I'm gonna to give you a tutorial about how the bat works and how you can use it to build your DFS lineups. All right, so if you're looking for the bat on any Roto-Grinders page, on the top navigation bar, you're just gonna click this little link here that says the bat, and it's gonna bring you to a page that explains what the bat is about and for you to purchase it. From this page, once you have subscription, you can scroll down and you can see all the different extras that the bat comes with. Um, it comes with these percentile projections new for this year. We're going to get into them more in a little bit. There's a frequently asked question thing that is great for you to read, gives you lots of advice on how to make the best use of the bat. Um, three to five times a week, you're going to get a free podcast from me breaking down the slate, uh, giving you insight into why the bat likes a certain player or dislikes a certain player, uh, different things that maybe I disagree with about the bat a little bit, you know, scouting insights as to, you know, ways I'm going to be using the bat. So that's really useful. There's a video lessons archive that gives you lots of lessons about important and often misunderstood DFS concepts. And there's a new uh, Discord chat room specifically for bat members where I hang out and answer questions all the time. Where we're gonna start though is on this page here, the bat. These are the normal bat projections. Okay, so when it comes to building my DFS lineup each day, the first place I always start is the pitcher page. The pitchers generate the most points in fantasy and they're the ones that I generally like to think about building the rest of my team around. So what we're looking at here are the projected stats for this day's matchup. The best way to think about these stats are as probabilities. So let's pretend that there are a million alternate universes where Trevor Bauer is facing the Toronto Blue Jays in each one of those million alternate universes today in this specific matchup. Because of how variance works, he's not going to do the same thing in every single one. What these numbers represent, essentially, is the average game that he's going to have across those millions of matchups. So even though in this universe, he's either going to get one win or zero wins today, we can't actually project him for one or zero we have to project him for a probability. Across those millions of universes, let's say that Trevor Bauer averaged 0.59 wins. And that is what this projection represents. Okay, so if we scroll over, we see fantasy points. This is the column that we care the most about. This is the projected fantasy points for the site that you're playing on based on all of the stats that the bat projects and the scoring system of the site. So Trevor Bauer projects as the highest pitcher today with close to 26 points. James Paxton at just under 25 is the next highest pitcher. Obviously, obviously all the way at the bottom, we have Edison Volquez for under nine points. The bat does not think he's a very good play today. Obviously, the goal of DFS is to maximize points, and so we should try to get as many of these points into our lineup as possible. 
Price obviously plays a factor as well. And so the column next to it is fantasy points per dollar. If we sort by that, all of these columns are sortable, we can find the player that is the best bang for your buck, the player that is gonna deliver the most points uh, for the lowest salary. And so today that winds up being Spencer Turnbull for 5,800. He projects um, for the most points per dollar. And so if you're looking for value, he's a guy that you should strongly consider having in your lineup. Okay, so what goes into these projections? There's, like I said earlier, there's a lot of different factors that the bat puts into these projections. And some of them get listed on this page and you can kind of look at what they are. So it will list the, the catcher that the player or that the pitcher is throwing to today, the umpire that's behind the plate, the park, uh, if it's a park with a roof, whether the roof is open or closed, how many batters that the pitcher has a platoon advantage against, whether he has the home field advantage, all kinds of different things to kind of help you understand what the bat is seeing. Some of these things have grades within them. So for catchers, there are pitch framing grades that are listed. Grayson Grenier is a plus pitch framing catcher. Jesus Sucre is a negative one. Roberto Perez is a very good one, plus plus. If we go down to Wilson Contreras, he's a negative catcher. And all of these things kind of help us understand um, how these factors are impacting the projections. Each of these factors has their own underlying projection system. And at the start of the day, we don't always necessarily know who the umpire is or who the catcher is or the exact opposing lineup. And so the bat updates on a five-minute loop. Every five minutes, it takes into account the most recent information and factors it into the projection. One of the most important columns to look at is this OL column. It stands for official lineup. What this means is that the opposing lineup for a pitcher or for a hitter, his own team's lineup, has been released by the manager, is official, and is being factored into the projection. When you see a check mark here, it means that Spencer Turnbull's opposing team the Kansas City Royals, their lineup is out, it's official, and Spencer Turnbull's projection is going to be just about finalized. If we scroll down and we see a pitcher like Matt Harvey here against Texas without a check mark, it means that Texas's lineup is not out yet, and this is still just kind of a rough estimate of Matt Harvey's projection. It probably won't change too much, but depending on what the exact lineup is, it will change accordingly. The longer you wait to use these projections, the longer in the day, the closer it is to lock, the more information is going to be accounted for and the more accurate the projections are going to be because they're factoring in more recent and more accurate information. So the closer you can wait to lock, the better. Now, these aren't the only factors that the back can show. If we scroll up a little bit and we go into this right corner to this uh, bar with three lines and we click on this, we see all the different stats that the bat projects and we can decide what we want to show. So let's say we don't care. You know, we know that uh, Spencer Turnbull is facing the Kansas City Royals today. We don't need to know that. Um, we can scroll over. Maybe we don't need to know what his projected ERA is, but we care about how many, you know, what his chance of a complete game is or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You can look and you can decide and you can customize it to show exactly what you want to show and it will remember it every time you come back to this page. Now, a lot of these columns aren't necessarily self-explanatory. And so if we scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a legend and FAQ button. If we click on this button, it will open up a legend that will explain what every single column means so that you will know exactly what you're looking at and you can make the best use of it. If we scroll up to the top of the page, 
you will see that the bat doesn't just work for, these are DraftKings projections, but it also works for FanDuel, it works for Fantasy Draft, it works for Draft, it works for Yahoo. Depending on whatever site you're playing on, you can click on whichever site it is and see specialized projections for that site's salary and scoring system. And finally, if you look here into this orange button, Import into Lineup Builder, if you click on this button, it will import the projections into Roto-Grinders Lineup HQ, which will help you with all kinds of settings and customizations, build the exact perfect lineup for your needs. So the next thing I wanna talk about is the bat's new floor ceiling and percentile projections. So if we're on this page, we can click on this uh, part of the bat product, if we click on that, it'll bring us back to that main page. And then we can scroll down and we can click on the percentile projections. These are brand new for 2019. They're a beta feature for this year, but so far they've been very, very useful. Okay, so the best way to think about these projections is as a range of possible outcomes. So this 50th column right here, these are the projections we were looking at on our other screen. These are the normal projections, the standard projections, the average expectation. The 50th percentile is the tried and true projections that the bat has always had, and all of these other projections kind of work around that. So what do these percentiles mean? The best way to think about it is this. The 10th percentile projection means that the player will post this score or worse 10% of the time. The 90th percentile projection means that the player will post this score or better 90% of the time. The 20th and the 70th percentile means that they'll do it 20% of the time. So essentially, the further you get away from the 50th percentile, the more extreme the outcome becomes, but the less likely that the outcome actually happens is. This can be really useful, especially in GPPs. In a GPP, you're trying to identify the guys with the biggest upside, the biggest ceiling. And so these projections can help us identify which players are most likely to post a big score and what the chance of that score actually is. Um, the lower percentile projections are more about floor. I don't necessarily recommend using these to build lineups. They're more for reference than anything else. I recommend the 50th percentile for cash games. Value and average expectation are the most important thing in cash games. Even if some cash game cops try to tell you that floor is the most important, I don't think that's true. I think average expectation and value is most important. But this floor can help us kind of put things into perspective. You know, maybe Joey Gallo is a great play in the 50th percentile, and he's a guy we're thinking about rostering in cash games, but these lower percentile projections can kind of put into perspective just what the possible outcomes for a guy like Joey Gallo is. Joey Gallo is very boomer bust. He's a guy who hits a lot of home runs or you know, strikes out a lot of times. And so kind of being able to identify just what the chance of him putting up zero points or a very low score is will kind of help us feel more comfortable about being able to roster Joey Gallo or at least understand what his possible range of outcomes is that day. These projections can also be useful for putting into perspective performances after the fact. Did your opponent get a 40-point outing from, you know, Ian Kennedy or Irvin Santana or somebody like that? These projections will help you go back and look and see what the chances of a guy like that actually putting up a dominating outing were. And so this...
is going on, Roto Riders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical. I mean, it is 5 o'clock on the dot on the East Coast, 2 o'clock on the West Coast, 4 o'clock. Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show, uh, which of course is sponsored by Fantasy Draft. It's called Riders Live. I reversed that for some reason. You know what it is? I'm nervous because, my God, for the first time all season long, he's going to talk to, uh, you know, the, the common folk. Uh, straight from premium. You might remember from such things as the video you just watched talking about the bat. It's one Derek Cardi. Cardi, what's going on, dude? Hey, this is exciting. I'm normally uh, normally behind the paywall, you know, doing crunch time, and uh, Big T needed filling today, so I was like, you know what? I haven't uh, haven't hung out with with the common folk in a while. Let's do this. Big T's probably too busy watching, uh, you know, Game of Thrones for the 17th time or something like that. I know he's big in the GOT. And can you blame him? Do you? Are you you're on GOT now, right? I am, but like he's also one of those people, and like he doesn't understand we live in a society. He's also one of those people that like tweets about it as it's happening. <sighs> Come on, okay. man. Yeah, no, I'm not even on Twitter while it's happening. I'm just engrossed watching. Yeah, um, I, I I might have a hot take. I'll give it a second. We'll talk. It's a non-game slate. We'll dig it in a second. We do want to mention. You know, we always do the premium peak. We give you guys a little peek behind premium uh, on the screen share later on the show. Cardi, we're going to show off uh, the bat. How about that? There's some synergy. Sounds good to me. I hear good things about it. <laughs> uh, all, the, all the kids are raving about the bat. Um, yeah, so your take as far as you could give, give me a, you know, without, if you could please do it spoiler free. I, I mean, come on. There's, we live in a society, Cardi. Uh, what, what, what's your take as far as, uh, you know, Game of Thrones? Oh, I love Game of Thrones. I've watched Game of Thrones since the very first episode. Like, it's it's fantastic. And this week's episode was one of the best hour plus of television you will ever watch. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half or so or something like that. But the, can I say, do you watch Barry on HBO? No, that's with like uh, Bill Hader, right? And yes. Winkler, I think. Yeah, I've seen trailers. I haven't watched it. Is it good? It is awesome. And last night uh, may have been the best half hour of television I've ever seen. Uh just like a half hour show it was phenomenal uh i highly highly recommend uh the show it's just the whole time it's like what is going on wtf it's in real time uh it's it's hilarious it's absurd it's about it's in the, the middle of season two uh and i'm more excited to talk about uh maybe this is a hot pick let's talk about barry than, than game of thrones which was perfectly fine it was you know it was good that is, that is a very hot take especially after this week dean i think a lot of people would uh would take take issue with that take I want to, wait, hold on, Big T's in the chat, and he's, is he dodging me? Like, well, why is he not on the show? What's going on, T? I don't think so, are well. Like, he, I mean, I'm happy that you're here. I, mean, he, he's I feel like maybe he just wanted to relax tonight and just watch me. He knew I wasn't going to be on a show, so he's like, <laughs> you know what? I need some, I need some Cardi advice. I need Cardi to tell me to play Buster Posey tonight, and, uh, and so maybe that's why. Normally, you're in the premium chat, which uh, I don't know how, maybe a little bit more polite. <laughs> and you, you said, I'm going to quote you, Cardi. It would be, maybe it's out of context, but you said, uh, you know, this chat is a bunch of animals, more or less, is what you said. And first thing I see in the chat, still no chest there, Cardi? Is that what I mean? What are these I mean, <laughs> It's not like it's inaccurate. <laughs> I do love, I do miss this chat, though. Like, this chat is a lot more rambunctious than, than the premium chat. It's fun to, to mix it up, and I have missed that. So we have a couple people in chat just to confirm as far as Barry. Uh, Bobby Fye, you may know him such thing as RG shows as well. He said Barry is absolutely amazing. Uh, D-Rock, Dean, I watched last night episode because of your tweet. I was dying laughing. I'm telling Cardi, I mean, like you could see it like a la carte, I suppose. It's like just like a regular standalone episode. But get on board. Get on board with Barry. Hater is an absolute genius. Uh, highly, highly recommend. And it's a quick, fun, easy watch. 
Um, yeah, I, I cannot recommend it enough. And I believe Big T is a fan of, uh, of you know, one thing we do agree upon. Uh, I think he's a fan of Barry as well, too. So uh, th- th- that's why uh, I know the people tuned in to the flagship for, for baseball. They want to hear uh, our TV talks as well. But uh, yeah, they love the pop culture talk, too. I, uh, I'm so behind on so many shows, but I will I will add it to the list. Yeah, it's quick. It's like maybe 10 episodes or so in half hour. It's, it's an easy watch. You can knock it out pretty quickly. And, and again, I think they're middle of season two, like episode four, episode five or something like that. Uh, did want to mention a couple of things before we dive into the slate fully, Cardi. Um, Stevie's NASCAR package. We're going to go ahead and drop a link for y'all uh, in the chat right now. His NASCAR package, because the season is, I believe, 10 races in, 26 left to go. He is uh, currently running a special, running a discount for the last 26 races. That's, well, yeah, there you go. Uh, 36 in total, there's 26 left. Uh, if you guys are playing the NASCAR, I every once in a while I win a NASCAR ticket because I, I will fire like <laughs> I will fi- it'll fire the tickets just because because it's like a quarter. It's like, okay, sure. I, leave, I, I don't know what I'm entering. And I just like, what do I do with these things now? Uh, I don't know anything about the NASCAR, but uh, there you go. Stevie's package will help you out with that. Uh, and we are still running the uh, the sharp side app, the, the contest. Uh, as far as the streak, I believe it's in the second where uh, whoever has the longest streak going in the second. Now, I will say this. If you're just starting tonight, the, uh, what is the 28th or 29th? 29th. Uh, you're probably not going to win it. But still, you know, it's it's free to play. And then the Sharp Side app's good times anyways. Uh, whoever has the longest streak on the second of next month will uh, win itself 1,000 smackers there on FanDuel. Um, oh, one more thing. We do, well, actually, let's, let's have this going organically throughout this show. Uh, Cardi, let's dive in. You ready to talk about this late? Let's do it. All right, so we like to give like a screenshot, like an overview as far as what we're dealing with today. Uh, it's a non-gamer. Um, here, here's my general assessment. It's a nine-game slate. We don't really we have one stud, but the matchup isn't particularly great. Uh, there's not a ton of hitters I need. Like there's some good hitting spots for sure. Uh, I wish there was an SP2 I could trust. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll lean on the bat for that because like I'm finding myself making lineups and then like just sort of a weird thing like, okay, I guess I'll play this pitcher and fits in last which is just like kind of sort of backwards for me. That's not the way my mind works. I'm making lineups, but that's sort of where I'm at today. Uh, what, what is your overall screenshot? Like when you're attacking lineups, you're building lineups today. Uh, because for me, it's, I don't love a lot. Yeah. I mean, pitching, I feel like there's only kind of a few viable options, especially in cash games. Uh, early in the day, I was kind of hoping I wasn't going to spend up for Verlander, but I am. I'm playing Verlander like this Minnesota lineup is is pretty watered down today. You know, Nelson Cruz is out of the lineup, who's obviously their their best hitter by a huge margin. He's got Bill Miller calling calling balls and strikes behind the plate, one of the best pitchers, umpires in all of baseball. And he's just in Verlander. He's obviously the most talented pitcher on the slate. So so Verlander, I think, is is the pretty clear SP1 at this point. Earlier in the day, I thought you could maybe get cute and fade him. I think that's a mistake. You buried the lead there, Cardi. The most important player not playing for Minnesota is La Tortuga. Uh, the, the, no Williams <laughs> the studio. Yeah, I mean, he, he's out too. He's out for a while, a solitary tier for him because, like, you know, you I I mean, is it the worst when your pitcher faces him? Like, there's just no upside. He's just he's just not going to – I think he still has yet to strike out for us already this, this season. I can be incorrect on that, but – It's crazy. Like, he's just – just this – like, I don't even know how to describe him. As a scout, like, what do you, is he just like a white whale? Like, what, what do you think of like a, like he's such an anomaly, he's such a goop. How do you he analyze is, him? He's basically like a, like a no true, like a, what's it called? No, shit. Three true outcomes, no, no true outcomes player. Yeah, like he doesn't strike out, he doesn't walk, he really doesn't have a lot of power. 
Um, somehow he posts like high babips anyway, even though he's like roly poly. So like, oh come on, I, I don't know. We say girth on the flagship. He's kind of girthy, a little husky. I went roly poly. Come on, Cardi. Well, I meant it in an endearing way. Like, <laughs> like how do you not love the guy? <laughs> oh yeah, he's like the bark cologne of hitters, right? Exactly. That that's exactly the comp that I've drawn many times when people ask me about him. He is a he is a lot of fun, but like absolutely. And the, the thing about Verlander is. Well, if you look at the pricing on, on Fantasy Draft, the sponsor, the, the pricing on DK as well, it's different on Vandal, where the difference team, you only got a roster one pitcher, the difference between Verlander and everybody else is, like, distinct. On DK, it's not. like, And, and also, like, the floor on the, on the asking price for pitchers on DK and on Fantasy Draft is kind of high. So there's nobody that's cheap. It's really condensed is the point I'm making. So, like, you might as well grab Verlander, who is the clear-cut best pitcher. And uh, there is some case in this lineup for Minnesota. Like, if you look at a collect we on the old foot IQ, I have 2018 and 2019 pulled up, and they strike out 21.5% uh, versus righty, so that's something. Uh, of course, it's top loaded with guys that don't strike out for what it's worth. Uh, you did mention Bill Miller. By the way, this kind of dates the conversation, Cardi. You said at one point, Bill Miller is the Clayton Kershaw of umpires. you got to update that. Who is he now? Like, who's, who's the number one pitcher? Did you say DeGrom at one point? Who is, it? Who's today's best pitcher? It's no longer Kershaw. Sorry about that. Not Kershaw. It's not Sale. It's, it's probably DeGrom or Scherzer at this point. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, pitching, especially this year, pitching's just been stuff's been shifting around a little bit, especially up top with all the aces getting bombed so often. So, cheese, Dave Potts, he wrote in that in his music about a week or two ago, talking about that. Uh, I'm just curious to get your thought because it, it is it's not a big sample size, Cardi. I know you're thinking those sample sizes, but you know, so far this year, uh, more K's, more homers. Uh, is the ball juiced? You know, we've seen Pabby LaStella do that 10 home runs coming to the season, have two separate nights tonight with double dongs. Uh, nerve power, Eric Sogard's got like three or four in a, in a limited playing time. What's what's going on with the ball here, Cardi? So the ball very clearly seems to be different. Like there's a lot of evidence to suggest it. You know, there's been some tests and studies shown that like, you know, shows how like the drag coefficients are different and how like the ball is going through the air differently. And, you know, they gave the same balls to AAA this year, and AAA's home runs are way up. So, like, clearly something's different about the ball. I set the bat up, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago to kind of be able to, te to detect um, changes in, in league environment like that and determining the right sample sizes where we can trust it and that sort of thing. And th this is very real. Like, this is, this is very real. The, the home run environment is just through the roof this year, and uh, it's April still. So, like, temperatures are, are colder than average. So, like, it's probably going to keep going up, which is kind of crazy to think. Yeah, and speaking of homers, right, uh, we have, what, Verlander on this slate, uh, you know, compared to everybody else, uh, homers per nine gives up the most homers, which is kind of interesting. He also gives the most fly balls. Uh, but, and also, of course, you got to hit the ball as well against them, which is the tricky part, I suppose. But uh, he can make up for that in, in, uh, in strikeouts. And like you said, Bill Miller had the play. He clearly... Uh, the bat has strikeout projections. I think I'm going to take a peek at that later to some degree. Uh, I imagine I'm going to assume that he's got the highest K projection today on the slate by a good bit. Yeah, Verlander projects for close to, not close to, now slightly over nine strikeouts. Ooh, that's a lot. I like that. I want nine. Yeah, that, that's a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, I, I will definitely take that. But now, let's uh, before we talk about you know our favorite hitters and the scores of slate, uh, what are you doing with SP2, Cardi? Because I... I'm just kind of throwing my, you know, Zach Wheeler is fine, but he's a little bit, a little bit too expensive. Uh, Corbin is, you know, he's, he's good. He's a good pitcher. They're asking for a fair bid today for what it's worth. And I think he's facing, uh, he has no platoon advantage, correct? Is he facing nine righties? He's facing, I think, eight righties. But uh, 
the other one is maybe the pitcher, the lefty or something. Oh, it's, like, it's Matt Carpenter. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, Carpenter. Okay. So, yeah, he's uh, – it doesn't set up great for Corbin. I actually think the Cardinals could be kind of sneaky. Um, he's a good pitcher, but I'm not going to pay 10-2 for him as my SP2. I think him and Wheeler project, like, almost the same – it was a lot easier to go Verlander Wheeler when we thought Steve Wilkerson was going to be in the lineup. Yes. Now that he's not, it does make it trickier. I think I'm still going Verlander Wheeler, but if I don't, I think going down to a guy like John Means is totally viable also. All right. Well, uh, sell me on Means, of course. Well, I guess the sales pitch is he's facing the – he's throwing baseballs and he's facing the White Sox. I guess that's the sales pitch. That's a big part of the sales pitch. The White Sox are, are not a very good offense. They strike out a bunch. It's easily the best pitching weather of the day here. It's like mid-40s degrees, I think, like 44 degrees or something like that. Uh, Means isn't great. He's not great, but it's a small park upgrade. It's the great weather. It's the great, um, you know, matchup against the team. And so for 7K, I think Means is totally viable. Um, you know, I, I think he'll be fairly popular. So I think in GPPs, there's guys in that range you can pivot off to. But in cash games, I do think he is totally viable to pair with Verlander. But uh, I'm leaning towards Wheeler myself. You, uh, to speak to that, not going to give the entire product away, obviously, but just kind of one game that, you know, you talked about means and the weather there. I'm not sure if you're aware of Ross uh, Weather Tool, the Weather Edge. Yep. Um, but, yeah, based upon 17 previous games of similar weather conditions, uh, it's been negative 11.9% as far as home runs, negative 18% as far as runs and negative 17.5% as far as ERA. Now, I don't know if that's a big enough sample size as far as 17 games. do want to say if you guys are premium members, of course, you get that for free. I believe you can also have that a la carte as well. Uh, if you guys are watching the old YouTube, by the way, do you want to say uh, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, jump all the way here to Rotor Grinders. Being one of the animals, you guys are animals on YouTube as is, so you're perfect. you can be an animal in the, in the Rotor Grinders chat. Uh, you're going to ask some questions at some point. Our fabulous multitasking producer, the D-Train, Devin, he's going to copy and paste those and throw them in chat at some point. I'm not sure, Cardi, if you know this, but this year we've incorporated, this is kind of dangerous, but we incorporate, we make sure, like always, I used to run out of time. We definitively have time, you know, kind of like worked out for, for the chat. How do you feel about that? You okay with this? I love it. I remember last year, like we'd run out of time. We'd spend the first half hour talking about pitching. We'd jam in hitting and we'd have no time for, uh, no time for questions. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, if this was if this was last year's show, Cardi, we would we would keep talking about uh, you know uh, Zach Davies, <laughs> Manny Buenuelos, <laughs> Marjavisas, Kyle Freeland. Sometimes he would just mention their name in passing for what it's worth. To be fair, um, how about Erod? Like now, when I was saying that, was I was thinking of uh, the guy that does number platoons, but he's got none. Uh, Oakland's rolling out uh, nine righties against them uh, with the with you know of course the monster lurking right there too. Erod, of course, you know, you catch him on the right night. Uh, he has definitive upside for sure. He's a guy that can strike out seven, eight, nine. Um, what do you think of Rodriguez? I assume you're going to say, but I guess you're going to say no for catch, yes for tournaments? Yeah, yeah. I love him as kind of a pivot off of that Corbin Wheeler tier in tournaments. He's not quite as good today, but the upside's definitely there. Like, he's a really good pitcher with great strikeout stuff. You know, he's facing those nine right-handers, but those nine right-handers do strike out. There is a great umpire. He does have Vasquez framing pitches. And so, uh, and so I think Erod is in a good spot. He should get a lot of run support too. So, so he's great for tournaments. Is there anything else that's kind of sort of worth mentioning here? As far? Oh, I like Soraka. I think he's a good young pitcher. But like, uh, and I get this is another thing that Bat has. It talks about like projected pitches. 
I'm going to guess that his projected pitches thrown is probably less than most people think of the bump tonight. Yeah, his baseline is 84 pitches, which is very, very low. Um, you're, you're getting almost like, you know, maybe close to a full inning less out of him than you will out of like a guy with a league average pitch count in the same spot. So, you know, for 8.6K, I think that's, that's too much. Uh, I'd rather have, you know, Kyle Freeland for, you know, for a thousand less or Tanner Roark for, you know, a little bit less. Like, I think they're a little more viable in that kind of, you know, dark throw range. Talk to me about Roark because he's another guy I consider, and I'm going to use a word that you hate, and I, I don't like it either, especially when we're talking about Tanner Roark. But once upon a time, Roark felt kind of safe, and I, I know you hate floors. Um, he, I don't want to play Tanner Roark. He's got, like, no upside, right? But, like, I feel like I can get, like, a safe, like, 12 points. Do I want that? Not really. But who else is going to get me, like, this safe 12 points? Like, somebody's going to get there, but I don't know who it's going to be necessarily – yeah, I mean, part part of the upside of Roark is that he has kind of a long leash. If he's pitching well, they'll let him go deep into games. Like, he's just that veteran guy who can do that. And so that's valuable for 7.3K. He gets a park upgrade. He's facing a Mets offense that is not bad, but they're not great either. So, you know, I, I think he's totally fine in tournaments and maybe even has a little more upside than people are maybe going to credit him. Uh, let's see. K's the last two seasons against lefties, 19.8% against righties, 19.2%. He does get a slight bump with the benefit of though Robbie Cano who got hit in the hand again. He's out of the lineup. They said it's only going to be a couple days since that's kind of where they're at, but um, we're looking at what? One, two, three lefties, four righties. He, you know, the, the power he does suppress versus righties, like 133 ISO the last, uh, the last two seasons. Uh, let's see. Walks him less for sure. And a fair bit of ground balls. So he gets, you know, he gets ground balls against righties as well, too. But again, nobody's enthused. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, like, you know, gets excited at the prospect of rostering Tanner Roark. But like, this is kind of sort of, you're not going to like your SB2. How about that? Can we say that? We can say that. You know, I do think Wheeler is totally fine. Like, he has a long leash. He's at home. He's in a great park. He's facing a Reds offense that, you know, they don't strike out a ton, but they're also not anything special overall. So, Wheeler's the guy that I think is like the quote unquote safe, you know, cash game SP2. Um, and he might be the best one also, like from a value roster construction perspective. Um, but I do think Means is also in play. Yeah. And I had, I was messing with Wheeler and Verlander, but I did have Wilkerson as well, too, which kind of throws things off. He's super, super cheap uh, on DK. And I believe Fantasy Draft as well, too. Of course, on Fantasy Draft, you could roster, uh, you know, four first basemen if you want to, four third basemen, just well, a pile of infielders, a pile of outfielders, and some utility spots as well. Uh, Kari, let's just talk about a couple of the offenses we like, or a couple of like bats that kind of sort of jump out. Uh, and as far as asking price, as far as dollar for dollar, I know you like one. Uh, I, I know you're not going to say he's due, but Jesus Aguiar, he's been unlucky, right? Uh, all, all the advanced yes. data suggests that he's got bad up is super low. Obviously, he's another guy. It's pretty – you would say he's roly-poly. I would say he's got girth. I would say he's kind of husky. But uh, and he's not going to leg out the – he's not going to get the best bad up in the world just for that reason. But I uh, mean, Aguiar is like a big man. Like, I wouldn't call him roly-poly. Like, he's uh, – I don't know. Not to his face, definitely. He's stout. He's like, you know, he's got, like, muscle and – I don't know. He's like the mountain of MLB. Look at Dean throwing out Game of Thrones references on – Grinders live. I didn't think I'd ever see the day. It's in the repertoire. Yeah, it, I, I was very stubborn. I didn't get on board until really, really late because I don't like fantasy worlds. But uh, you know, I, I, I'm playing along. It's the whole thing of dragons, whatever. I suppose. Spoiler alert: there are dragons. 
<laughs> Got to throw a spoiler alert out there. So one of these days, though, you'll get on Star Wars. I, I believe in you. One that's of not days- happening. I, I, I well, somebody dragged me to like. Remember they get they re released in the theaters like in two thousand or something like that. And somebody, I fell asleep watching it, and I and I woke up and I asked my friend, I'm like, did I miss the green guy? I was like, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, you missed him. I'm like, all right, I'm going back to sleep. Oh my god, dude, did I miss the green guy? <laughs> I, I believe that, that's. I know him as yogurt more so because like spaceballs, of course, is how I know him. Uh, but it, he, yeah, his name was Yoda, as as we all know now. I believe. Yeah. That is his name. Don't you hate spaceballs? That's somebody else that hates spaceballs, right? No, that's me. Spaceballs is terrible. Wait, you like Spaceballs, but you hate Star Wars? That's not a real thing, Dean. You don't exist. <laughs> Spaceballs is incredible. Well, it's a it's, it's a hilarious movie. Yes, I enjoy the spoof as opposed to the original. I suppose, but uh, now I know why I'm on Crunch Time instead of Grinders Live all the time. I, I requested it. I said to Rota Grinders, I can't do this anymore. So I remember why now. I shouldn't have volunteered today. The chat is definitely going to be on my side on Spaceballs, but if I really want to make sure, I can tell them that you hate Anchorman too. Oh, Anchorman's the worst. Anchorman man is the actual worst. And when I said Anchorman 2, I didn't mean like Anchorman like as in dose. I meant Anchorman as in T-O-O, as in the original Anchorman, which is Yeah, great. yeah. The the original is just bad. Oh, well, unbelievable. Um, talking about Aguiar, tell me why he's like an awesome play today. He's an awesome play because first, like you said, he's gotten unlucky this year. You know, he's still a good player. Like raw power like that doesn't actually disappear. He's still hitting the ball in the air. He's still hitting it fairly hard. You know, his other peripherals are more or less in line. And it's a good spot today. Like, he's facing Kyle Freeland, who is a pretty decent pitcher. But he's a lefty with a wide platoon split. You know, this is a great park for power. And so for his price, whatever it is, 3 or $4, like, whatever absurdly low price he is on pretty much every site, just play him. Like, he's he's just playing in cash games. Uh, Aguiar is 2K on Vandal. Uh, I think he's $7, which is a stone minimum on Yahoo, which is ridiculous. Uh, like he's 3-3 on DK and on Fantasy Draft. Uh, we got Aguiar at 6-4, which is just silly. Uh, yeah, he's, he just seems like a really, really strong play. And he's one of those guys that helps you get a, a Verlander in for sure. Uh, speaking of value plays, we're going to talk about the Red Sox. And it is worth noting J.D. Martinez back in the lineup. Uh, we don't really do body parts. The body parts are in basketball. The body parts were uh, Martinez. He's in. Uh, Yelich is still out. I believe he has a back. Uh, Cano is out with a hand. Uh, Rendon is still out with, uh, what does he have? He's got something. He's not playing. Uh, they they, they kind of screwed up with Rendon, right? Or I guess he had inflamed because uh, he didn't play like for six days and they threw him out there and then he's hurt again and you got to start the clock all over. Yeah, and Zimmerman's hurt now too. So Adam should be playing every day. So he could wind up being interesting in certain matchups. Not today, but. Why is he not interesting today? You don't think he's interesting? I mean, Walk is pretty pretty extreme reverse split. So as part of a stack, sure, but uh, this is not like the ideal Matt Adams spot. We have confirmed the uh, reverse splits. Splits are sometimes real. For pitchers, they're very real. They've been real for a long time. For hitters, they are just complete nonsense. Is Jake Odorizzi a reverse splitsy? Did we have two on the yeah. slate? Yeah, extreme one. Look at that. We got two reverse splits pitchers in the slate. I like it. Um, all right, talk. If we're, if we're saving salary. You know, obviously the, the Red Sox have a team total just short of. Just under five, which I think is the second highest in the board, right after Atlanta. Uh, let's see, five point zero four for Atlanta as as per the Rotor Runners lineup page, and Boston's got a four point eight three total. Uh, of course, Betts, Martinez, you know, uh, Benintendi, those guys are are sexy for sure. But Cardi, we live in the world of a salary cap. Uh, what JBJ was moved up in the lineup all the way to the seventh spot. Look at that. Yep. 
So uh, I like JBJ today. Like, I think the Red Sox profile really well. They're at home. You know, they're facing Frankie Montas, who has definitely gotten better this year. And people, I think, like him because, like, he added the splitter or whatever. So, like, he's better than he was. Uh, his platoon split isn't nearly as wide as it was because of the splitter. But this is still a pitcher who's at the very best an above average type guy, you know, going into Fenway in elite uh, hitters park to face an elite offense. So Jackie Bradley Jr. is like free. Like he's one of the cheapest guys you can get. Um, he's in a good offense. He's got the platoon advantage. He just makes stuff work. Like especially if you want to go Verlander Wheeler and we don't have Wilkerson on the slate, JBJ is is really cheap. He's about as cheap as it gets. Yeah, if you're spending up, uh, and talk about Atlanta, I think the prize piece in the outfield for them is Ronald Acuna facing uh, Nick Markovicius. Too. Uh, what do we think of Markovicius? Uh, you know, Cardi obviously is a rookie. The sample size is not huge, but he doesn't project to be much, correct? He doesn't project to be much, but he doesn't project to be bad either. Like, he projects as a slightly above average pitcher. So I like the Braves today. I don't think you have to go all in and hammer the Braves because there are other good spots, namely Boston and Houston. But, but uh, I do love Acuna. Like, if you can get there today, it's hard to do with Verlander and Wheeler. But if you can do it, then, yeah, I love it. Cardi, as for – you mentioned Houston, so I guess I'll throw it out there. As for Mangone, you may remember from such things as hosting the previous show, he's asking, uh, could you call it the perfect storm, all these power righties for Houston facing reverse splits, Jake Odorizzi the righty? Is that, uh, is that what's going down today in Minnesota? Yeah, so uh, so the bat actually has Houston as the top offense of the day. I know Vegas has the Braves, but but the bat likes Houston a little bit more. You know, Jake Odorizzi, even though he is an underrated solid pitcher, he's a reverse splits guy, and so that's going to hurt him. You know, Houston has all their best hitters hitting from the right side. They're a better offense in general than the Braves, and, uh, you know, they're getting a park upgrade. They're going into a good park. There's just a lot to like about Houston. It's like a decent stolen base spot. So I think they're I think they're really great today. You ready to? Uh, that, that's just kind of our overall thoughts as far as the slate. Let's kind of like a let's do it the micro style. Let's do it to you know break it down by position, go around the horn. Let's talk catchers. Of course, our sponsor fans definitely do not have to play a catcher there, um, but uh, you know some places kind of force you to do it, and, and the, you know we, we are we're here for the people. So we got to give them some catchers, Cardi. I. Uh, I don't love it, especially – okay, I like – there's a couple guys I like, but I don't love it the salary for him. That's kind of sort of where I'm at. What, what are your thoughts as far as catcher? Yeah, catcher's, catcher's gross today. If you have the salary for Yasmani Grandal, that's, that's great. He's hitting second today with some of those other guys out of the lineup. But, but he's, he's expensive, so he's tough to get. I think you wind up kind of going down at catcher today. I know a lot of people have talked about punting with Martin Maldonado. You know, I don't love it batting ninth you know, against a kind of an opener game for the Rays. Um, I think he's okay, but I'd probably rather get up a little bit more. Big T is going to love it, but like, I think Buster Posey is totally viable today. Like he's just, he's a little too cheap for who he is. I know he hasn't been great this year, but you know, he's a decent price. I think Yadier Molina, if you have the extra hundred is totally fine. I think the Cardinals are sneaky against Corbin. Like this is a much better hitting park than anyone credits it as like the bat has been like all over the over on these games for like a week now nationals park like this is a good hitters park um and corbin's facing a bunch of good righties so i think you know he's one of the best pitchers on the slate but i think the cardinals are also somewhat sneaky against him like i think the vegas line is a little too low so i think yadi's an option i think jan gomes on the other side of that game is an option I thought uh, for sure when you said Big T is going to love it, you're going to you're going to tout left you know known lefty masher James McCann 
Okay. Uh, that would go I'm not going to. James McCann is first off, he's 4K on DraftKings, so that's insane. Uh, second, it's the best pitching weather of the slate. And third, lefty mashers don't exist. Oh, also fourth, James McCann was worse against lefties last year and only managed to get a backup $2 million offer on the free agent market from the White Sox. So you do the math. Yeah, fifth, I was going to, I had it pulled up because people keep calling this guy a lefty masher. Uh, you know, from 2018 to 2019, it's a span, like, again, not this monster uh, sample size. Not like we had a big sample size before when people are calling lefty master anyway. But, uh, you know, 125 at bats, his ISO was .095, his WOBA was 245. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a lefty masher WOBA, is it? That's the, what is the antithesis of lefty masher? Yeah, that, that's kind of what he's been. Crash boat. Yeah, and of course, we set it up now for him to bang one out, and all of a sudden, your Twitter mentions are going to be uh, lit up. He'll, he'll hit one tonight, and Twitter will go crazy, but it'll be his first home run against the lefty in like 16 months. <laughs> is that true? He has not hit one of the uh, lefties. It's, it's probably hasn't been that long, but he has not been good against lefties lately because that's what happens when guys do what he did over like a year and a half. My favorite thing is like when people take the victory lap on a guy they called, even though they hit it off the relief pitcher, they had no idea what's going to I hate that. I hate that so much. Yeah, and, McCann in the eighth inning of the walk-off. I called it. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> but you didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it's not worth getting into. Uh, let's jump the first base starting where I think lock and load your cash game play. Uh, again, we live in the world of a salary cap. It's got to be Jesus Aguiar. Don't care about his stats. All we care about is tonight. Uh, and his previous stats, as far as, you know, if you dig into the stat cast stuff, suggests that the power is real. Uh, he's just been super unlucky. Great ballpark, obviously. Best ballpark on the slate, right? Not even a conversation. Uh, who are we talking about? Jesus Aguiar. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Fenway is probably the best on the slate. But, yeah, I love I love Aguiar. Man, I, so talk. let's just talk about that, about that for a second as far as Fenway. Because I, I like the, you know, the chicks dig the long balls. I dig the long balls. The lefties don't hit long balls in Boston. Of course, they have a better chance of getting singles, doubles, and triples. So I'm sort of conflicted, you know, when I roster. Like, I have this, this sort of glitch in my head about lefties in Boston. Uh how do you handle that? I guess you don't care. You just, you'll take the doubles and triples. Yeah, I'll take the doubles and triples. Like, the bat accounts for it. You know, Fenway is an elite park, even for lefties. It's just not elite for lefty power. But it does a bunch of other things really well. Whereas Milwaukee is a little bit um, less good overall, but it's a lot better for power uh, to both sides of the plate. So, you know, I, I still love Aguiar in that park. I'm not trying to say it's not. <laughs> Give me the pivots off Aguiar because I feel like you're going to be able to get some guys eh. You know, somewhat low owned, I suppose. People might be afraid of Freeman against the, the lefty, the lefty Mark, Markovich's, but Freeman's perfectly fine against lefties. Uh, yeah, to- totally fine, especially as part of an Atlanta stack. Like he definitely needs to be in there. We like the the righties more for cash games, but Freeman's Freeman. Uh, Guriel and White are both uh, pretty cheap. You know, facing what a reason where you talk about that situation as far as the reverse splits. You know, the fly balls uh, in there in Minnesota. Uh, where, where else are we looking in tournaments? You know, Abreu's kind of priced up now after his monster game the other day, I suppose. Chris Davis is 2-8, but, you know, it's just an opportunity cost thing. And I just, you know, facing a lefty and Chris Davis is kind of – I know we had a couple moments there, but he's pretty woke. Uh, wh- wh- where, where are you at here as far as uh, other options at first? Yeah, so so the Rays called up uh, prospect Nate Lowe today. He's – I think on DraftKings, he's like 3.1K. So if we didn't have Aguilar on this slate, he would be the guy we'd be playing. But he's a great pivot in tournaments. Like he's not, he's not like this smash guy, this great guy right now, but he's definitely above average, has really good raw power. So I like him. 
over on uh, over on fantasy draft, Max Muncy's price works really well. You know, as one of your infielders or one of your utils, I think he's you know in a good enough spot here. Uh, we don't love you know Oracle Park, <laughs> but Jeff Samarja is not anything special. The Dodgers' offense is very good, and and their prices on on fantasy draft and DraftKings. Pretty much the whole lineup there is a little underpriced. Yeah, that's sort of baked in. And like that, that's one of the conflicts of the slate because I just don't like the roster hitters in San Francisco, at least multiple, especially multiple hitters in like mm-hmm. cash games. But the price, uh, you talk about Muncie, who's super cheap. Uh, Seager, we'll get to soon enough. Uh, Justin Turner, we don't know the lineup just yet, but presumably all these guys will crack it. By the way, I don't know if this is a fun fact. This is a fact. This was bizarre. You mentioned Nate Lowe, and I was like, oh, is this guy related to teammate Brandon Lau? And no, he's not. So it's no. not Nate Lau. It's it's Nate Lowe. And get this, it's not that he's a, he's not related to Brandon Lau, but he's got a brother in the Tampa Bay system named Josh Lowe. <laughs> they have if theoretically they can have three Lau slash Lows in their lineup at some point. Although I don't know if he already does. Maybe he's a pitcher. Well, I guess he could start too. Is that weird? Is that this is this is the things I'm researching throughout the day? I mean, these are the things that provide edge in DFS. These are the things we need to know. So <laughs> how, what is the quantifiable benefit of having three guys in the lineup with the same name? I don't know, but they're all probably giving high fives. There's probably a little chemistry benefit. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can be a good locker room guy. These guys, maybe these guys are good locker room guys for motivation. Um, did, here, here's my other thing. Uh, bad ballpark there in Kansas City. And Brad Keller is not great at throwing baseballs, but he's very, very good at getting ground balls. Uh, and he's also really good at keeping the ball in the park. I believe it's like it's home where the fly ball rate is what? It's something goofy. It's uh, 0.51 in 177 innings. Is that concerning at all? Sorry, I got distracted by the chat. Someone's saying that Jesus Aguiar is chasing upside that doesn't exist. Like you oh. can say that you think he's broken now or something, but if there's one thing he 100% has, it's upside. He hit almost, what did he hit? Like 40 home runs last year. Like a lot. Like that, that upside is still there. He still has power in his bat, like a lot of it. Like that, that can easily come back at any point. Uh, let's see. Other first base. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was asking about um, Keller and his ability uh, to keep the ball in the yard. Does that concern you as far as uh, Tampa? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, it's not like this is a spot where. I would be looking to stack up Tampa or where I'm really looking for one-offs. It's more just about like, this is a pretty talented guy, you know, for a really cheap price. Keystone position, Cardi second base uh, at the top. I believe it's a decision between uh, Ozzy Alves and Altuve, but I assume that it's not even a conversation for you. They're basically the same price. You already talked about how, how much you like Houston as your favorite team. He, of course, is leading off. He's on the road. So he's essentially, assuming things go fairly well, locked into those five ABs. Altuve's your guy? Yes and no. I think, I think Altuve is the better play. I, I think Altuve is the better play. Like he's very far and away the better hitter. Like I said, it's a decent stolen base spot. Odorizzi has the, has the, the slight reverse platoon splits. He's in the better park. He's got the better surrounding lineup. So theoretically, Altuve should be the better play today. But uh, for whatever reason, it seems like everyone's going to play Ozzy Albies instead because, because whatever, like people like the Braves. I guess the Vegas line's a little higher. Like the weather there is really nice. And I do really like the Braves, um, but but Altuve is better than Albies. But there's a chance I'm just going to eat the Albies chalk anyway. Um, I just I clicked the uh, it, but yeah, I clicked the refresh button on the RG page, and it looks like the Atlanta total has dropped a little bit. It's at now 4.76 uh, for what it's worth. Not really sure why, or maybe it's weather conditions, or maybe they just thought they had it too high earlier. Maybe because it was too high earlier. I mean, it was too high earlier. So um, one of one of the other things that I noticed that dropped it in the bat. 
Um, first, we have a pitcher's umpire there. Uh, second, both teams have their like uh, their A team catchers going. We have Tyler Flowers and we have Austin Hedges, who are two of the premier pitch framers in baseball. So like having both of them definitely, I think, should drop the total a little bit. Um, that's not the kind of thing that most people are going to pay attention to. People are just going to play Albies anyway. But uh, having Hedges in there does hurt the Atlanta batters a little bit. That's the kind of stuff you get in premium, Cardi. You don't give that away for free as far as you know, the, the catcher framing. Come on. This is the flat. We don't do catcher framing. I what mean, when, when you get when you get me on the show, I'm talking catcher framing. Give me the pivots off those two. Like, I want to get to one of those two guys in cash games. Uh, like Peraza's leading off for his wheeler. He's not a great hitter. He's most known for his wheels and a stick if he can get on base. Uh, the Mets notoriously, as a, as a collectively, you can run on. I've not done my due diligence as far as running against Wheeler. Can we run against Wheeler today? Yeah, you can. You can run a little against Wheeler. Not as much as you can against uh, against like Mats or Cindergard, but I'm yeah. pretty sure Wheeler. You can. You can steal on a little bit. Um, they. Uh, they DFA. Oh no, you can't run against Wheeler. Wow. No, he's actually very good at preventing them. Um, I misremembered that entirely, probably because of the rest of the the rest yeah. of the staff. I kind of group men like by association. Yeah, and because their catchers used to be really easy to run on, but like Travis Darno, I think got DFA. Kevin Plack, he's with uh, with Cleveland now, so not as good of a stolen base spot as it might have been a year ago or with any other pitcher on the Mets. Darno just came back. He's DFA'd already. I didn't see that. I saw him play. he got a, a you know he had a first game all year I think a couple days ago on the weekends. Yeah, I might be misremembering, but I think that's a thing. It's certainly possible. Shout out to that 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 great trade by Toronto Darno and Noah Syndergaard for R. A. Dickey, Robert Allen Dickey. Good job there, Toronto. Um, that did not work out for the, the Blue Jays, unfortunately. Uh, anybody else here at second? Oh, Greg, Greg Garcia's leading off for Soraka, but. He stinks, and he's also one of those guys that has a high risk uh, to get pinch hit for, get swapped out at some point. I don't, I don't like this position. That's why I want to spend up. I guess yeah. VR. Wow, we talked about his power, but of course, bad ballpark and Keller, you know, does a pretty good job uh, keeping the ball in the ballpark. So, what do you have for me in second? I mean, in cash games, it's definitely Altuve or Albies. Like, there's no one else in consideration. In GPPs, I think VR is a really strong pivot. This is actually a pretty good stolen base spot here. Uh, Benuelos is a guy you can run on. Um, who's catching there? It's uh, oh James McCann. You know James <laughs> McCann's. You know not not anything great behind the plate. Um, so I think VR is in a pretty good spot. I think Brian Dozier is interesting enough as a one-off. He's definitely not a guy I'm looking at in cash games until like I'm sure that he's actually healthier himself again. But you know I do like the Nationals. Like I said, good hitting environment. Walk is an extreme reverse splits guy, and he's cheaper than a lot of these other options around him. But in cash games, it really is Altuve or Albies. So hot corner third base, I don't have anyone that's really standing out. It's just kind of sort of for me, it's like one of those positions that are left. Uh, and it, it kind of depends what you're shopping at. We talked about Muncy already. Uh, he's pretty reasonable. I think he's both first and third base. You can play him there. Justin Turner, especially if he gets a high spot. Again, terrible ballpark, but that's kind of baked in. If you have the salary, you can go up to a guy like Bregman. Donaldson is another guy who kind of came out scuffling, but he was sort of like Jesus Aguiar. If you looked at the stats, that kind of stuff, it's like, well, wait a second. This guy's getting unlucky. He's hit the ball hard. Things are going to turn around. And wouldn't you know, things kind of turned around for Josh Donaldson. And he's funny how math works that way sometimes. <laughs> Just point to the calculator. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing at third? Because I don't have a definitive take. For me, it's like a bunch of guys that I'm just fine with whoever I land on one of those six, basically. Yeah. So, like, Bregman and Donaldson are, are the top two pretty clearly. I, I want one of those two if I can get them. It's yeah. kind of 
kind of splitting hairs. Like I imagine it's going to be similar to second base where, where Donaldson's a little chalkier than, than Bregman. I think Bregman projects a little bit better. So it's kind of, you know, take your pick there. Like I said, Muncie, you know, totally fine. I think Justin Turner for three, six on, on DraftKings is totally fine. But uh, if I can get up to Bregman or Donaldson, that is what I'd like to do. All right. We're a little behind on time, Cardi. Wouldn't you know? It's just like old times to get off on little tangents about goofy things. Or we're diving into things like uh, pitch framing. And most baseball has had to be talked about as well as Barry. The people got to know about Barry. We cannot have the show get canceled. I need a third season. Uh, <laughs> shortstop, Cardi, what are we doing? Corey Seager is the guy that really sticks out the most. You know, he's too cheap against Samarja. We talked about some of the Dodgers a little bit already. If you can get Seager, he's the guy you want. You know, Carter Kaiboom for a couple hundred less, I think, is a solid pivot. You know, Jose Peraza, we kind of mentioned, I think is totally viable here. Brandon Crawford for 2.8K is fine. Like, he's too cheap. You know, you don't love to pick on Maeda. You don't love Oracle Park. But but 2.8K is about as cheap as you're going to get for anybody. So so I think Crawford's fine. Shortstop's one of these spots today where, like, it's not a priority for me to get up to one of the top guys. Like, I'd much rather prioritize getting one of the good second basemen, one of the good third basemen you know, a good outfielder or two. So if you can get Seager, great. But if you have to go down, I think it's okay. All right. Going to give you all a sneak peek of the bat in just a second, Gary's, uh, Derek Curry's uh, projection system. Uh, let's knock out the outfielders before we get there. Uh, who are the outfielders that make everything work for you tonight? So I already mentioned Jackie Bradley. Like, he's going to be one of my outfielders no matter what. He just saves money and he gets you a lot of good things. If you can spend up on Acuna, fantastic. If not, the outfielders in the Boston-Oakland game are, are the guys I'll probably be looking at. Like, if you can get up to JD, if you can get up to Mookie, great. Ben Benintendi, though, is, is more accessible and a guy that I think makes a little bit more sense. Chris Davis on the other side, you know, against the, with the platoon advantage against Erod with a big park upgrade, I think Davis is a really strong option tonight. A.J. Pollock is a little bit too cheap tonight as part of this, you know, underpriced Dodgers thing. So that, that's probably where I'm looking in the outfield. Yeah, I love Davis as a tournament play against Erod. And even though I don't know how popular Erod's going to be, but I don't think people are going to pick on him too much. Of course, Oakland's got plenty of pop, but there's the monster that I pick on. I mean, you, know, you can stack them like guys like Chapman. Uh, Pinder's got plenty of pop versus lefties as well, too. Uh, is there is there a – if you have one big span that money's not a thing. I know you mentioned from the top, you mentioned Acuna, but, uh, of course, a guy like Betts is more expensive. Uh, you know, nobody's going to play outside of a Dodgers stack like a Bellinger. Like, he's just ridiculously priced in the ballpark. He's the one Dodger that didn't get the discount, unless they think he should be, like, you know, 6K or 6.5 on DK. Um, your favorite big span, your favorite pivot in the outfield? So, Acuna is the guy who's going to be chalky. He's yeah. the guy you probably get if you can get up there. But I'm totally fine pivoting to JD or Mookie. Like, they might even be better plays anyway. Like, like you said, this Vegas total is dropping a little bit. It's kind of starting to match the bat a little bit more. Um, like, I don't think this brave spot is quite as strong as people want to make it out to be. Margot Vicious is not, not an awful pitcher by any means. So I like the Red Sox pivots. Get this, by the way, now the Vegas line is at 5.04 for Atlanta. It's, I keep refreshing the RV RG page and it keeps, it keeps changing. I assume that that's how it's working. It's uh, synchronized with some sort of Vegas spread and, uh, that Atlanta total just keeps jumping all over the place, going down, going up. Uh, let's, but can I ask you about Nemo? Uh, he's been like uh, struggling hitting the ball, which is kind of an issue, but Roark's not a, he's not a strikeout guy. Uh, how do we feel about Nemo? He is discounted and you know, salary is kind of a thing. Are, are you okay with him in catch? 
I'm not okay with him in cash because I think there's better ways to go for an extra, you know, 400, you can get Chris Davis, you can save 800 and get Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, he's cheap enough, but he's not really a cash guy for me. It's not, not a pitcher. I love to pick on not a great hitting environment. You know, he's a guy who I thought was overrated to begin with coming into the year. So he's not a priority. We got Bobby in the chat. Noted Dodger truther says Bellinger can't be discounted. What he's doing is unreal. Is this the greatest first month ever? I don't know if we have those things documented, but maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's been really good. I'm not paying 5-7 for him in Oracle Park. But, you know, he's obviously, if you're stacking Dodgers, a great guy to have in. I like how you know it's Oracle Park, too. I, it's the little things, Cardi, that I I've pick. said it wrong so many times this year. I'm finally starting to pick up on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've called it AT&T once or twice as well. So, Cardi, say I purchased the bat, right, and I pull it up. Like, what am I doing? I'm currently at, like, the bat projections. Uh, we're going to do the screen share now. I'm just going to show the people what's going on here. Uh, of course, you have it. Uh, projections for five different sites. FanDuel, DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, uh, Draft, and Yahoo. Uh, I have the pitchers up here. You have uh, projections, uh, you know, fantasy points per dollar, which, of course, is the thing. Uh, what's, like, the most important? What should I be looking for? Uh, what should I uh, focus on from the start? I mean, the, the most basic things are going to be the fantasy points and the fantasy points per dollar. So, like, you see Justin Verlander projects very clearly above everybody else. You know, Wheeler, points per dollar still projects pretty well. Then you look at John Means, who I talked about earlier one of the stronger point per dollar and it's all color coded. So it makes it easy to kind of pick out, you know, who the good guys are like the blue is good. So, so you're looking at the guys up top and you're looking at means as your best place. Today. Yeah, it is idiot proof. Like you said, means is uh, he's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, wait, he's it's all congested. Anyway, they're all like around 15, 16, 17 points. But if you do it, if you sort it by fantasy points per dollar, well, Verlander is still a top guy. Look at that on fantasy draft. Uh, Wheeler is the second best as far as per dollar. Means is the third best per dollar. So uh, that, that, that would pivot that I mentioned up there, point per dollar wise. So, so I think he could be kind of sneaky at low ownership tonight. And other things, of course, you have in here is the umpire data. Uh, yeah. You know, we see Bill Miller. We talked about being extreme pitchers umpire. Uh, you have uh, the number of pitches projected, correct? Yeah. As far as you know, that will be right here, and that's why you see Verlander is a uh, triple digits. Wheeler as well. Corbin as well. But we talked earlier about a guy like Soraka, where he said his baseline is basically 84. Uh, he's a young prospect there for Atlanta. They're not pushing him just yet. Uh, I think he'll be fine. But, you know, you want to stick around and pitch six or seven innings, which is not guaranteed. Uh, anything else you think that we should kind of feature or mention that's going down here? Or we can jump to the hitters as well. No, I mean, like you said, we have the grades for the umpires. We have the grades for the catcher framing. We have the projected pitches. So, so there's a lot of cool stuff to look at. Yeah, and of course you can break it down by slate. Uh, today it's just uh, you know it's it's the all the all day slate, the the night slate. It's all the same thing. Uh, well, I could do infield outfielder for for fantasy draft, but again we talk about uh, the fantasy points projected, the fantasy points per dollar. Who's the best fantasy points per dollar today? Uh, play today on fantasy draft. Let's see. Oh, what? Wow, Nate Lau. There it is. Nate now is three. He's three one. Three three one on fantasy draft. Not even three one on DraftKings. That's that doesn't make any sense. That's wrong. Yeah, that might be, that might be wrong. Those salaries get pulled. Um, I think. I think what happens sometimes fantasy draft. I think Roto Grinders has a hard time pulling the pulling the salaries. Like I, I think that's like an old one. So he got added later in the day when he got called up. So I think uh, Roto Grinders might just need to refresh those salaries. I'm gonna guess he's not in the player pool, and that's why I probably default to the DK price. Let's see. I'm gonna go. Uh, ahead. It could be something like that. Or yes, maybe three one on the the lineups page too, but I don't know if that's right. 
I don't know if that's right either. I feel like I should pull up the fantasy draft page, but I would get off the screen share. Somebody in chat, let us know because I, I don't know. Uh, if uh, I'm curious, because, let's just say this if he is the fantasy draft pool and he is 3 1, then play him. <laughs> yeah, easy, easy. Yeah, that's easy enough. Uh, well, what's the deal with this? What is this? Home run dependence. Now, the way I read that is uh, the pers- basically how is it like how much this guy needs a home run to justify the roster spot? Is, is that what that means? Yeah, it's basically how much of his projected fantasy points are made up of a home run. So it's kind of like a measure of risk. So, like Chris Davis. of his projected, you know, 8.79 points are coming from home runs. So like if he doesn't hit a home run, he's got a pretty good chance of flopping and his home run, you know, chance is very high. So like, it's basically like Chris Davis is very risky, very boomer bust today. kind of. Uh, Anything else that kind of it's worth noting is you talk about the stolen base projection. I believe you have something in here for pinch pinch hit risk. Is that a thing? If you scroll over probably to the left a little bit, yep. Pinch hit risk. We'll tell you a percentage chance that someone has of, of getting pinch hit for. It's got roof statuses. It's got the umpires and catchers again. Um, it's got a, the percentage of the at-bats that the guy's going to take against the starting pitcher or, or is projected to. So, like, you know, if you want to pick on, you know, whoever, you know, the starting pitcher today, but maybe he's got a low pitch counter. We think he's going to get yanked early. You know, that, that can kind of help you kind of see where the bat is coming from with certain things. Yeah, Matt Adams right now, the guy with the highest risk of getting pinched for. I was thinking Arnon Perez might be on the board. He's certainly listed here. Uh, Arnon Perez, by the way, he's I believe he's minimum salary on FanDuel. I think he's 2K yeah, over there. He's over there. He's a good play on FanDuel. Yeah, that seems wrong. Um, and he's a guy that can get the hook. I guess it would help him uh, if, if Yelich is not available. It would make their bench a little thinner, which might uh, increase his chances of picking around. Maybe that is that baked in here? I don't know. That kind of thing is not baked in yet, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Anything else of note here that we can kind of throw out there as far as uh, let's who's our highest projected hitter today? Money's not a thing. You love JD Martinez. Yeah, you and the bats just love JD Martinez. Uh, he's the highest projected guy in bets as well, too, which is not surprising. And then a couple Astros, like you suggested. And again, the I imagine this is baked in as well, too. When you're on the road, you're projected for more at bats, correct? Yep, that is definitely baked in. All right, that's just the tease as far as what's going down in the bats. Um, Anything else you want to say? Let the people know, uh, you know, if they want to grab it, they have not picked it up just yet. Yeah, I mean, it has the the floor and ceiling projections too, and on on a separate page, it has you know percentiles, you know, tenth percentile, twenty fifth percentile, ninetieth percentile to kind of see the complete range of outcomes for a guy, which is new this year, which is really cool. Yes, uh, yeah, that was just I was just in the projection pot, this uh, portion, and there you go, percentile projections as well. And there's a you do a podcast as well. Tell the people about that. Yeah, so so pretty much every weekday, you know, three to three to five times per week, I will do a, a podcast, you know, a little 10 to 15 minute thing that, that kind of breaks down the slate. It, it talks about, I talk about, you know, the guys at the bat likes and why it likes them, you know, some of the maybe the chalkier guys at the bat doesn't like and why to maybe be wary of them and that kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. I think, uh, I think it adds a lot of value to it. About to turn the show, the show over to chat. Unfortunately, we have about eight minutes and change. Quickly, uh, you know, who are our favorite stacks today? And give me three dudes that are banging out homers today. You can do it at three, se- at three separate price points if you can make that work. Yeah, so in terms of stacks, like I think the Braves are going to be popular. And I really like the Braves, but I also really like Houston and Boston. And so I think for the ownership levels, I think they're they're probably, you know, maybe some of your better like bang for your buck kind of thing. I think uh, the Dodgers are kind of sneaky. I think the Nationals are kind of sneaky. 
Um, if Corbin was going to get ownership, I'd say the Cardinals are sneaky, but but maybe not quite enough to play. All right. Uh, it's funny. It says in the chat, good show. We're still sticking around. We got eight minutes left to go. We, get, we still have time to ruin this and make it a terrible show. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of questions are being loaded in the chat right now. There's a 3v3 question, Cardi. We can't handle a 3v3. A 3v3, is that what we're doing? We I guess we can handle it. All right. We don't, we don't encourage those, but uh, sure, why not? Uh, Wheeler, uh, Kaboom, who, by the way, also has his brother in the organization. That doesn't matter. No, I threw you off. Wheeler, Kaboom, and Crush Davis. That's with the K, obviously, versus Beans, Story, and Acuna. Wow. I think it's the first one. As much as I like getting those big bats, I think going Wheeler's probably the right call, at least in cash games. So it's at, somebody's asking about they have the bat. It says uh, the bat doesn't seem to like him much less than Nagier. That would be Nate Lowe. Can you play him in cash games? Is he first base and just a couple of hundred dollars cheaper than Aguiar? Because if that's the case, I can't imagine playing. Yeah, he, he's at first base with Aguiar on DraftKings. He's 200 cheaper. Again, I like him. If Aguiar wasn't on the slate, he'd be my guy. But I think Aguiar is your cash guy. I'm being asked if Keller is going to be under or over 30% owned today. Um, I cool. don't have ownership pulled up in front of me, but I cannot imagine Keller's going to be 30% owned. What, what am I missing here? Why are people going to play Keller? I have no idea, but I hope they play Keller. Like he's he's not like a terrible play today. I don't expect him to get lit up, but uh, he's not a guy that I'm on at all, and I wouldn't expect him to be anywhere near thirty percent owned unless I'm missing something entirely. Yeah, again, I don't have ownership pulled up in front of me. Of course, if you guys are pre members at RG, you can get the actual uh, Jamino and his team are always kind of tinkering with that. But and I I just I don't think he's going to be that heavily owned at all. And I'm with you. He's, he's okay, like, but uh, I'm not most likely not even a roster him. Uh, knocking out some questions. Oh, the YouTube chat uh, questions are filing in. Again, you guys, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Cost you nothing. And uh, jump on over here in RG as well. We'd appreciate you to jump. Join the animals in chat here at Runner Grinders as for Cardi. Uh, if you're going to stack the Mets up, how do you do it? You don't. Um, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can. I mean, I guess you go like you go one through four. Like they're not going to be super high owned. Um, and the first four are their best hitters, McNeil, Alonzo, Nimmo, Conforto. But uh, there, are, there are way better places to look today for stacks. This is a very specific question. Uh, how do you feel about stacking up Colorado, the Dodgers, with Manny Benuelos and Means? Benuelos is not – he's another guy. He's not going to go very deep necessarily, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, not going to go super deep. And, yeah, Benuelos is definitely not going to go deep. Um, you know, means maybe has a little bit more of a leash at this point, but uh, I think the Dodgers and the Rockies are two of the more interesting stacks after kind of like our big three. I think that whole thing though is like way more contrarian than you probably need to be, but those are all guys that that kind of project to be decent and sneaky and cheap. So I'm okay with it. So somebody's asking about like the back end of the Atlanta stack. I mean, it just says Swanson, Flowers, or Inciarte stack. Like those obviously aren't the most appealing Braves. <laughs> like how do you feel about I mean maybe that's a way to be different I suppose Atlanta is going to be the, one of the more one of the more popular stacks for sure yeah um, yeah the, the front end will be popular if you want to stack the back you can I don't love lefty on lefty in Ciarte you know especially hitting in front of the pitcher with maybe reduced stolen base potential but like you can do it I guess to be different all right we got a two for Cardi uh Robles and Albies versus Altuve and McNeil Probably, probably Robles and, and Albies. Uh, you're going to love this question because it's right up your alley. Uh, <clears throat> does Chavis stay hot 
And that, by the way, just so you know, that's Michael Scott Chavis. Just, I don't know if that changes things. His middle name is, it's Michael Scott Chavis. I'm missing this name. What is it? Uh, is it Chavis or Chavis? Oh, oh, the Boston guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, I like Boston tonight. You know, I think uh, he was really cheap on FanDuel for a while. So if he's still like super cheap over there, you can play him. Uh, or as part of your Boston stacks, you know, especially like trying to be a little different maybe. Um, he's not a cash guy though, at least on, on fantasy draft and draft games. I know how to answer this question. I'm going to have you answer it. Verlander versus Wheeler? It's like, it's Verlander. Earlier in the day, I would have said it was close. It's not anymore. Like this this Minnesota lineup is watered down. He gets Bill Miller as the umpire. Just just play Verlander in cash. All right. Uh, two for unfanduel cash, taking advantage of two cheap prices. We got Josh Donaldson with JBJ versus Bregman and Ernon Perez. I think it's the first one. I think it's Donaldson, JBJ. Uh, you're rolling out tournaments, Davies or Roark? Roark. Yeah, I think so. Did we mention Chirinos at all? I assume they mean uh, the pitcher, Yanni Chirinos, so not the catcher. Um, yeah, first, we're not 100% sure it's going to be him today. Second, mm-hmm. um, like he's, he's one of these guys that like, especially when he comes in after the opener, the leash is the leash is short on Chirinos. So like for close to 8K on DraftKings, you know, whatever he is on, on fantasy draft, that that's too expensive for who he is for, for the leash, for, for a hitter's umpire, for a strikeout suppressing park, a park downgrade in general. I don't love him. Yeah. We used to get a, a discount on these relievers last year, and it's just not happening this year. Not, so. I, I mean, there were days last year we got them for 5k. Um, they wouldn't always pitch, but you can suffer a 5k zero and 8k zero would be really bad. It's, it's more risk and, like, I don't know what the potential reward is. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, can you rank uh, – let me see. Rank uh, the, uh, Jenny Martinez, Benintendi, and Acuna. The bat says JD, Acuna, Benintendi, I think. Um, but Acuna will be chalkier. So, like, you can go Acuna. It's just that there are a few little pieces of this matchup that go against the Braves that are going to go overlooked, that people aren't going to care about but do kind of hurt them in a probabilistic sense. Let me change the, let me change it now. JD versus Mookie. Uh, JD over Mookie today. Uh, Joey Ricard for outfield. Like you get what you pay for, right? He's not good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's maybe just someone who wanted to play Wilkerson is like, you know, maybe Joey Ricard just as good. I'll spend an extra, I don't even know what he costs, but like um, Joey Ricard's not very good. Did you give Homer picks? Did we kind of skip over that? Yeah, we actually uh, missed those. So, so I'd go JD up high. I'd go Chris Davis, Crush Davis uh, with a K in the middle, and and Jesus Aguiar at the bottom. Uh, let's see. Anything else for the row before he stick? So, do you want to stack the Rays? I don't really. I don't really want to stack the Rays. No. Um, you you can, but like, there's better choices. I think. Uh, Severino a catcher. Like again, you get what you pay for. You know, you're just trying to get in and out cheap, I suppose. Like, you don't you don't want to target Severino, right? No, you really don't. Like, if you're punting catcher out, outright, you know, Maldonado is probably sufficient enough. Um, I mean, Severino's not even, it's not even that cheap. He's the same price on DraftKings as, like, Posey, as Molina, as Jan Gomes. So, so no, don't, don't play Severino. Uh, lastly, the Colorado stack versus Davies. Good ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the Colorado stacks one of the sneakier ones tonight. We got uh, Sweetwater in the chat asking me. The, I got they got to get me out of the sun. I was planning on coming to the office today. I was just behind on work, and unfortunately, you know, I, I, that takes precedent. And you know, you got it's a whole process. It's not that far away, but I needed that half hour basically. I, won't, I wanted to go into the office party, but uh, 
Listen, yeah. Dean, Dean's been binging Game of Thrones, you know, rewatching it the entire the entire series for like the last week. So he hasn't been out in the sun. You know, give a guy a break. Last week's episode of Game of Thrones was the I think the best the entire series. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. That was better than this. I don't think it's a hot take at all. I mean, some people might say Red Wedding or whatever, but like this was this might have been the best. I think this might have been the best. To clarify, when I say last week, I mean episode two, not the one we just watched last night. Oh, that's a hot take then. That that's a very hot take. I thought that was really good as far as character development and wrapping up stories. But Cardi, we got to step aside and get out of here. We got to make way for a show that you are on. Sometimes uh, you are not. Uh, Roth will be there. To, you know what? I, I did not do my due diligence again. I don't know who's the show. Maybe. I think it's Cheese and JSU today. Well, there you go. And Roth is hosting a back from a wedding. I imagine. Uh, Give Roth. the people something for the road. Give the people in the chat something to tell them about something to get angry about. Give them a hot take for the road uh, so Jack can be angry and show the animals they are. James McCann sucks. Don't play James McCann. Lefty mashes are terrible. Suck it, chat. Is that? Do we hit all the? Do we hit all the notes? <laughs> if they're playing RG Bingo. I think uh, somebody. There's a lot of people screaming Bingo for sure. <laughs> I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We're out of here. Oh.